Hello and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Wednesday, March 22nd, 2023. I'm Mike Cachopoli. All right, midweek show. Big, 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 big midweek show. <laughs> oh, don't mind me. I'm just a little giddy, a little giddy tonight. Not sure why. Is there anything to be giddy about? I don't think so. I don't think there's anything to be giddy about. In fact, probably, probably quite the opposite. Probably quite the opposite. Um, well, Trump has still not been arrested, right? So we're still waiting. We're still waiting to see if Donald Trump gets arrested. And he wants to make a big, uh, production out of it. He's going to do a, he wants to do like a, uh, like a reality show, Trump, where he shows up and he walks in. And they do a close up of him, and then he does a mugshot of those of those fake white teeth. You know those fake white teeth that Trump has? Those big white teeth. No one his age, no one eighty years old has has real teeth like that. You know, so you know those, that big smile he has with those white teeth. He'll do that. You know, so it'll be a big production. You know, and I think Alvin Bragg is having uh, second thoughts. A lot of stuff's coming out now. Proving that it was Michael Cohen's money, that Cohen lied, it wasn't Trump's money. Documents proving that. And I think uh, a lot of legal experts are saying it's total bullshit. There are so many holes. There's the fact that he's trying to make a state case out of a federal thing and the statute of limitations expired two years ago. So there's a lot of stuff there that a judge might even just throw out. So I don't know if it's going to happen. I really don't. And I don't know exactly what Trump's angle is by saying it's going to happen. If it doesn't happen, he's going to say what, that I'm so powerful. I I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. You never know what Trump's going to say, you know, but his latest thing is going after Ron DeSantis in a very disingenuous way, saying absolutely idiotic, childish things like uh, he's an average governor. Uh, His win wasn't that impressive. All stuff that, you know, is not within world, the world of reality. And it's not even landing with many Republican voters. It seems very desperate. And if he's going to try to play that game, that Florida was great without DeSantis or would have been great without DeSantis, or he's an average governor or winning by a million and a half votes isn't that impressive, it's not going to work. It's really not going to work. You know, yeah, I know. I, you know, it's <laughs> I know it's really the only way Trump knows how to be. I get it. Believe me. But. At some point, someone's got to say, if you want to win this primary, this is not someone's going to have to take him into a room and say, hey, Donnie, listen, listen, Donnie, listen, this ain't 2015 anymore. This ain't 2015 anymore. And Ron DeSantis is no Chris Christie. Ron DeSantis is no Marco Rubio. This is not uh, he's no Jeb Bush. It's not going to work, baby. Plus, you're a sneak attack in 2015 when no one had seen that kind of an attack before is now no longer a secret. So Ron DeSantis knows what you're about. He knows your game. He's seen it for eight years now and he's not going to be played by it. And what we're seeing from Ron DeSantis is a very stealth attack, very stealth where he's ignored Trump for the most part. Now is getting closer to a little bit. I thought it was very clever. Hey, did anyone see his interview with Piers Morgan? 
um, where Piers brings up, you know, the, the nickname Ronda Sanctimonious and DeSantis does the right thing and laughs about it and says, I don't even know how to spell it. I don't know what it means. I don't mind names, but as long as you also call me a winner, which of course I am. So he's got everything down. They, they have the whole plan. They have the whole attack planned, you know, and then he, Piers Morgan brings up the Stormy Daniels stuff. And he says, well, that's not in my wheelhouse. A very clever way of saying I would not be caught having to pay off a, a porn star. So he's very, very clever, very smart, as Ron DeSantis is. Um, and he knows how to do this. He knows how to win elections. And so I think it's just a matter of time before it's a full-blown, you know, uh, brawl. But DeSantis is going to be very clever. He's going to be very clever with his attacks. He's going to be very stealth about it, very smart. He's not going to be like Trump. He's not going to be like Trump at all, you know, so um, there's that. But once again, I'm having trouble with people who hate Trump or, and love him. I'm, I'm really both sides are making me nauseous. This thing, like I've said, this Trump derangement syndrome of the right kind and the left kind and the people on the left who he lives rent free in their minds forever. Everything they do and say has to do with how much they hate him. And then people who love him can't seem to see the reality of the situation, which is that he's an awful general election candidate. Who gives a shit if he's liked by Republicans? Who cares? It's quite obvious to anyone with a fucking brain who's been down, who's played this game before, okay, who's been part of this circus before, that you need to win independence to win in November of 2024. All you need to win between February and May of 2024, Republicans. But who cares? And Ron DeSantis has proven he can get independence. That's why in most polls, even though I know it's early and I'm even very suspect of polls this early out, um, it shows DeSantis doing better against Biden than Trump because of the independence. Because independents can vote for DeSantis where they can't stomach voting for Trump. Trump is not going to get, Trump can't get independence. There's nothing about Trump, as you as we're talking about. He only knows how to be this way, and this way turns on Republicans, but it turns off independents. Where Ron DeSantis, and this will be part of Ron DeSantis's campaign, where Ron DeSantis was able to get Democrats, Republicans, independents, progressives, Latinos, blacks, whites, everyone to vote for him last November. He just proved he can get groups that Donald Trump will never get in large numbers. OK, and that will be part that will be part of uh, of his, uh, his his campaign. Now, the question is, will Republicans listen? Will they listen or will they have so much Trump derangement syndrome of the right kind and be so into the idea of Trump getting his revenge that they can't see he's a horrible, horrible, horrible general election candidate. And DeSantis is a much, much stronger candidate going up against Biden or Newsom or Harris or whatever Democrat he ends up going up against. And I'm still not convinced it's Biden. Um, there's a guy on Twitter who I follow. His name is Scott Moorfield. And he writes in townhall.com. And um, he wrote a great column a couple of days ago that Donald Trump has no path to general election victory. And he says a lot of things I've been saying, but I'll, I'll, I want to read what he has to say. And he basically uh, positions this as if Republicans want to actually win 
and not lose, but then pretend they won, they have to go with DeSantis over Trump. There's just no cho- other choice. If they want to really win-win, not lose and then cry about being cheated, they need to have Ron DeSantis as a candidate. Because remember, Donald Trump will gladly run, lose, claim, play the same game again because it keeps him in the news. It keeps him vital. And he can make a reality show out of it if he wants to. Well, Ron DeSantis is actually in this to win. Um, let me read this, all right? As former President Donald Trump and his diehard supporters continue to jump the shark with baseless and unhinged attacks on the most popular elected Republican in decades, the elephant continues to lay waste to the room, stomping and trumpeting and generally making a nuisance of itself to the extent that it's impossible to ignore. We can talk about records. We can talk about positions on issues. We can talk about who makes better hiring decisions. We can talk about a whole host of things that are all quite relevant to picking the next president. But all of them are moot if one thing is missing, the elephant of all elephants, electability in a general election. You can say what you want about Trump, and you'd probably be right. Did he get robbed in 2020? Yeah. Does he deserve a second term to make up for that? Yeah, seems fair. Are Trump's policy positions, especially on trade, immigration, foreign policy, the best course for America? Absolutely. <clears throat> can he do the job effectively? If he learns from his mistakes, especially on hiring decisions, there's no doubt. Was his record mostly good? Until March 2020, two thumbs up. If he's arrested this week on this bogus nonsense, would it be nothing more than a political witch hunt? Obviously. As I've written and said many times before, if I could give Trump a second term with a wave of a magic wand, I would in a heartbeat. Even with his tendency to rile up the left to feral levels, his policies would result in a far better America than the policies of almost any Republican and certainly any Democrat. But sadly... Since there's no such thing as a magic wand I can use to wave Trump into office, he and his supporters are stuck with having to do it the old-fashioned way, by actually winning the Electoral College in a national general election. And that's where it gets tricky, because despite smug assurances from the QAnon leftovers who form the obnoxious hashtag Always Trump contingent on Twitter, Trump isn't going to shock the world like he did in 2016. How do I know? especially when I was one who wrote back in 2016 that a win was possible. Yes, it's an entirely different political landscape, but it's also one in which Trump and his antics have managed to permanently alienate at least half of eligible voters in the country. And it's not just voters in California and New York, but plenty of key swing states as well, states that will absolutely be necessary for Trump to win the Electoral College. But don't take my word for it. Let's dive in, shall we? Use this presidential election interactive map And if you go to townhall.com, you can click on that and do your own math if you wish. It takes 270 to win. And Trump or any Republican starts off here with 125, the 209 disadvantage with the supposed in-play states being Maine, Nebraska, New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, Nevada, Arizona, Texas, Florida, Georgia, and North Carolina. Of those in-play states, Trump or really any GOP candidate could reasonably expect to pick up Texas, Florida, North Carolina, Ohio, and Iowa. That's 109 votes added to you to the 125 for a total of 234. Even if you're not a math wizard, you know that's not nearly enough. Where are those 36 votes going to come from? On the other side, it's pretty safe to conclude Democrats will add Minnesota, New Hampshire, Maine, Nebraska, one, Nebraska, one, uh, and yes, Michigan and Pennsylvania. 
to their total, bringing them up to 261. I know Trump supporters will howl that Michigan and Pennsylvania are in play, but I can assure you the electoral shifts over the past several years sparked by demographic changes, as well as Trump's own antics over the past several years, uh, have rendered those solid Democratic electoral strongholds. If you don't believe me, I'll simply refer you to Exhibit A, re-elected Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, and Exhibit B, newly minted Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman. I know even, I won't even cite polling because supporters would dismiss it anyway. But if you think Trump can take back those states, to paraphrase George Strait, I've got some oceanfront property in Arizona to sell you. Speaking of, with only nine more electoral votes needed, there's little room for error for Republicans with the remaining states, Arizona, Georgia, Nevada, and Wisconsin. Nevada seems to have become a true toss-up as of late. But if I'm correct in my prediction so far, which way it goes this time around won't make a difference. In order to recapture the presidency, Trump or DeSantis must win Arizona, Wisconsin, and Georgia. Winning two out of three might be an impressive feat, but it won't result in a victory. Whoever the GOP candidate is must win them all. Excluding Nevada, that will be a razor-thin 271-267 victory. Razor-thin, but enough. And to be fair, I think a win in Wisconsin for Trump is entirely possible. Working-class voters there did manage to re-elect Ron Johnson, after all. However, it's hard to imagine the state that elected the likes of McCain and Flake and rejected Carrie Lake and Blake Masters for leftist Democrats is suddenly going to go all in for Trump. It's also hard to imagine that path for a state that re-elected a popular GOP governor who's been maligned by Trump at every turn and soundly rejected Trump's Senate pick in favor of the most leftist senator in American history. So, dear Trump diehards, I say this in a tone of friendly banter, recognizing that we are allies on the vast majority of issues. What's your plan for Trump victories in must-wins Arizona and Georgia? How are you going to get it done? Lay it out in the comments below, but be warned, if your answer even remotely resembles this simp can't win there either or much election fraud, your arguments will be summarily dismissed. Whether DeSantis can win is irrelevant to this discussion because the argument is that Trump can't. It's an entirely different topic that will be addressed when and if he enters the race. Although I do think, for reasons I'll address in future columns, that the Florida governor has a better shot than anyone else. Additionally, I am all for attempting to fix the election system in various states, but we must work with what we have. I'm not ready to take that black pill just yet. With those caveats in place, give it your best shot. I'm not going to read the comments, but I think he lays it out well. What he doesn't do is talk about how, and he says he will in the future, but it's neither here nor there yet because DeSantis isn't an official candidate, that DeSantis got all the independents that are important to win in those swing states where independents can swing it one way or another, like Michigan, like Wisconsin, like Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Nevada, and Arizona. And I think it goes without saying that DeSantis has a better shot of getting those states than Donald Trump does because of his appeal across the board. So... Look, Donald Trump can't win. He can't. And I think Scott Moorfield makes a good point that it's very, very rare or very, let's put it this way. The odds are low that we're going to see a great demographic shift next year in the Electoral College, meaning like one candidate getting 350 electoral votes. It's, it's most likely not going to happen. We're just a two divided nation now. Those days of Bill Clinton wiping out the map. Uh, or Ronald Reagan wiping out the map are over for a while anyway. So it really comes down to these battleground states where the independents play a big role in who wins.
because as we've seen the past for a few elections, right? 10,000 votes, 15,000 votes in one state can make the difference. And independents often make that difference. And I don't care how much of a Trump supporter you are, you cannot make the argument that he gets independence better than Ron DeSantis. It's just not, it just, there's, there's no fact or evidence that would point to that conclusion. Um, you look at the polling where Trump does very poorly among independents. You know, Trump does very well among Republicans, which is great for a primary, but it doesn't pass muster in a general election. Remember now, Trump is on Twitter saying stupid shit about Ron DeSantis. They're actually bat crap crazy stuff. Really bat crap nut stuff. But <laughs> Ron DeSantis just won governor by a million and a half votes. Million and a half. Donald Trump ran for president twice and lost the popular vote both times. By a combined what? Three the first time, seven, twice, so ten. Ten million votes combined. He lost the elector- he lost the popular vote. Narrowly winning the Electoral College the first time. So to say he's a strong candidate in a general election now, remember also all the baggage and crap that's happened since his Electoral College victory, where he still lost the popular vote to Hillary Clinton. The guy is is uh, I don't want to overstate this. I think he's incredibly toxic. I think he has no shot. I think Joe Biden will beat him. I think Gavin Newsom would destroy him. Oh, God. Oh, oh. Perish the thought of this happening. Perish the thought of this. But if it's Newsom versus uh, Trump, Newsom will win quite easily. So this is the problem here. Uh, Trump seems to want to, in his usual way, say, I'm either going to win or I'm going to burn everything down. Okay? I'm either going to win or burn everything down. What, is, what are the odds? Give me the odds that if Ron DeSantis defeats Donald Trump in a primary, Trump supports DeSantis without any reservations. Without any reservations. Not, well, uh, they, the Republican establishment cheated me, but no, no. Where's he? Just simply say, Ron DeSantis is the man. I'm 100% behind him. No caveats. It's almost impossible. It's not going to happen. You know it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. So it, it's, uh, it's to the point now where this man is getting more and more toxic by the day. Sometimes his fault, like with his asshole, childish, ridiculous, tweets about Ron DeSantis and sometimes where it's not his fault, like where it's just a political witch hunt, like with Mr. Bragg. But still, the facts are the facts. The facts are the facts. The guy is toxic, period. That's all that matters. And all that matters is winning in November of 2024, not in the spring of 2024. So this is what we really have to start talking about now. We really have to start hammering this home, okay? This idea of Mr. Trump getting all this vengeance and how good it'll feel when he's president again after all. Look, even after all this, all these witch hunts and all this mishigas and all this nonsense and trying to get him. Look, there's even part of me that feels that. Yeah, yeah, I could I can feel that. I can feel that like uh, celebration of, you know, fuck you, Democrats, for trying to do this to him and. He beat you again. Yeah, but we're not going to get there because he's not going to win. So think of how devastating that will be. After all this, the Democrats will soundly defeat him 
in a general election and a Joe Biden, uh, 82 year old going on 83 year old Joe Biden will be taking office for four more years or the hair gel king of California will become the hair gel king of America. And that's the last thing we want. We can't have the hair gel king of California becoming the hair gel king of America. So reality is reality, folks. I know, I know not many of my listeners are big Trump supporters. I know that. There might be a few here and there. But still, it's important to get the message out as this primary gets going. Because I don't think an indictment or not is not going to stop Trump from running. And DeSantis will be getting in probably next month or two. So it's going to happen. It's going to be that Trump versus DeSantis battle is going to happen. It's going to be real. It's going to come to fruition. And we really need to be able to put out the facts of who has the better better chance of winning in the general election. Forget anything else. Once again, as Moorefield says, forget that you may agree with Trump on more issues than DeSantis, or you might think uh, DeSantis is too establishment and Trump is the outside the establishment and whatever you might want to feel, all that stuff does not matter because he can't win a general election. So it's going to be a battle because Trump knows, look, I've talked about Democrats using Trump derangement syndrome of the left kind to get things done, to, 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 to use those people who have Trump derangement syndrome. And Trump's doing the same thing with his supporters. He's using the Trump derangement of the right kind to just gin up once again this idea that we have to go out and, uh, and soundly defeat and destroy and childishly demean someone like Ron DeSantis, who is a great candidate. Now, I also don't believe when people say, oh, no, 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 don't don't hurt the candidate too much because then they'll be weaker. Come to general. No, I don't believe that. I believe a good knockdown drag out primary is better because it gets publicity. So you get become more known. You become more of a household name. And it also makes you more battle ready for the general election. OK, and that's important, just like any kind of thing of prize fighting. You know, you you work your way up. Right. You don't say, oh, no. The, the, you go right to the championship, you know, you go right to the uh, the fight for the uh, crown, because if you get fights before, if you fight before, then you'll get wounded. That's not the way it works. You go through that process of building yourself up with smaller fights in order to make yourself a better fighter when it comes to the big, the big fight. And this is the same thing. So I, I don't believe in this whole idea of we don't need a primary or, you know, uh, the, one has to go easy on the other. Because, you know, they'll be wounded and this, this whole idiotic idea that, oh, no, oh, no, uh, Trump might give or DeSantis might give the Democrats a fuel to use. They're going to use stuff anyway. They don't need uh, Trump or DeSantis to come up with stuff to go after whoever they're going to end up going after in general election. They have that all ready to go. As I speak, they have all the oppo research against Trump and all the oppo research against DeSantis and they have their attacks ready and they might even have their ads done already. So this whole nonsense, you know, we don't need a primaries baloney. Primaries are good. And the Republicans will, will benefit from that. While Democrats, most likely, if Biden decides to run, won't have one. Won't have one. So that's good for the Republicans, right? But my feeling is, now I'm not going to get into the other candidates. I know there are others. I don't, I don't, I don't want to pretend or, or lessen the fact that Nikki Haley's running and Vivek Ramaswamy's running and probably Mike Pence will get in. Very much Mike Pompeo might get in and the guy with Shanu Nu Nu, 
from New Hampshire, he can get in. So uh, the, the Scott, the Tim, I'm not saying these people aren't real candidates, viable candidates. But I don't think that any of those candidates can beat DeSantis or Trump in a primary. I, I haven't even thought of the equation of those candidates in a general election because I don't think either of them can beat Trump or DeSantis. Um, you know, Nikki Haley, you can look at her and say, well, she's a woman. Will that help? Not really. Maybe. Maybe among independents that could help. <clears throat> Democrats won't vote for a woman who's a Republican. They only vote for women who are Democrats. Just like they only vote for, for black people who are Democrats. Uh, because it's not about race. We know that. It's all about party and cult. So I don't know about Nikki Haley. Who knows? Um, you know, I, I've talked about uh, Mike Pence. Everyone thinks is a, is a weak guy, but I don't think so. If the country is is uh, tired of fighting and maybe wants like a Reagan type, a calming influence who uh, we don't have to worry about him, you know, you know, pushing the button to destroy the who knows. It's like a, a calming presence that, you know, is not going to do anything crazy. And has a fatherly tone to him, you know, uh, that could work. But I don't know. I, I don't think any of these people, it's kind of a moot point because I don't think any of them can beat Trump or DeSantis anyway. And if you look at the polling, if you believe early polling at all, there's only two candidates really here. You know, would there be a dark horse? Maybe. We've seen this in the past. We seem to forget recent history. Like, uh, or was it, was it early in like 2015? Wasn't like uh, Rudy Giuliani? Was it Rudy Giuliani once the guy? And what was it? It was that 20, I, I mixed them, it was 2012. 2015, it was, oh, Jeb Bush. Remember Jeb Bush was going to be the guy? It's often the people you don't think about who end up coming on strong from the outside. You know, so we'll see. But to say that Trump is a better general election candidate than Ron DeSantis, is asinine. Once again, I don't think anyone, even people with Trump derangement syndrome, can, can say that with a straight face. They simply believe that anyone who goes up against Trump is their enemy. You see? Anyone. It could be the guy who was right on COVID all the time and they love that. It could be, once again, if Trump wasn't running, think about that. If Trump wasn't running... These people would never accept attacks against Ron DeSantis from anybody else, especially Democrats. But because Trump is running, they're such hypocrites. They accept these attacks because they're coming from him, his, their cult leader. So once again, I often show my disdain for the left and their Trump derangement, but I also have disdain for those on the right with Trump derangement syndrome. I think it's time for this guy to go away. I just want Biden and Trump to both go away. And I haven't even brought up age. I haven't even brought up the 30, 35 year age difference between DeSantis and Trump. It's just, it's time for these 80 plus year olds, no offense to the 80 plus year olds who listen to this show, to go away when it comes to running for president of the United States. Uh, we don't put an 82 year old rarely does someone 80 plus even work anymore. Okay. Let alone do we ever put someone that age in charge at that age. <laughs> we don't do that. Usually when you're at that age, uh, you have, what, what do you have? Like those, uh, token, those token, uh, positions in companies, emeritus, president and CEO emeritus. 
but we don't put 80, we don't put 82 year olds in charge at that point in their life for anything else but president of the fucking United States. Does that make any sense? The president of the United States, leader of the supposed free world is fine. Any other job? Nah, nah, <laughs> we don't do that. So I think it's really time. I don't even think it's age discrimination. It's just reality. It's just reality. Think about even that juxtaposition in general, in general election. Let's say if it's Biden, Trump, okay, the age thing is pretty much a wash. But if it's Bi- if it's Trump, Newsom, Democrats have a huge edge in many, many ways when it comes to age and, and appearances. But if it's Biden and DeSantis, then Republicans would have that major edge. So I, I think there's no doubt that DeSantis is many, many times better a general election candidate than uh than Donald Trump. Okay? It's just a matter of basically breaking through this derangement syndrome, which is going to be tough to do. Look, we've seen it with the left, right? We've seen it with our friends on the left. It's impossible to reason with them when it comes to Trump. So it's going to be just as difficult for the people who love Trump to reason with them and get them to say, you know what? Not this time. Not this time. Not with DeSantis. That's going to be difficult. To those of us who can think straight, who don't have the syndrome, we're saying, oh, how easy that is. Why? It's so easy. But not to them. Not only are they, are they like siding with Trump over DeSantis, but they, they, they applaud his ridiculously childish, idiotic, nonsensical attacks against Ron DeSantis. But once again, I'm not feeling bad for DeSantis. He knows how to handle this. He knows what's coming at him. He knows Trump at 80 years old isn't going to change. This is the way he is. So when you see people on TV talking this bullshit like, well, Trump seems to be different this time. What's different this time? He's starting with the attack before the guy's even a candidate. Imagine when the guy becomes a candidate. There's no difference. There's no leopard changing their spots at year 80 of their life. It's not going to happen. The guy's going to be what he's always been, a loud, belligerent, childish guy. You know, uh, and it's what's amazing about him is that (laughs) – and this is what any childish bully does. He's fat. He's old, looks terrible, bloated. His skin is red. His hair sucks. He has fake teeth. He'll make fun of DeSantis's looks. He'll make fun of everyone. He'd make well, I can make fun of Newsom's looks, but Trump can't. You know, it's it's so ridiculous. Look at yourself, man. Look in the mirror. You know? Look in the mirror. And then you're talking about winning elections. It's not impressive that DeSantis won by a million and a half votes when you lost a popular you have not won a popular vote election. Okay? All right. If president was popular vote the way governor is, you would have lost twice. Well, you would have only lost once because he probably wouldn't have run the second time. So shut up, man. All right. This is all childish, idiotic stuff. And I, I, I do like Trump, uh, Biden, DeSantis's uh, early um, campaign position, his early uh, strategy when it comes to dealing with Trump, which is partly laughing at what he says and then getting him back in a very sharp way. A very sharp, clever way. And this whole idea of this is why Ron DeSantis is also waiting 
for this legislative session to end because he's going to have victory after victory, you know, because it's all Republican now in the legislature there, thanks to him. So he's going to have all these victories. He's going to be able to say, look at all these things I've just done. Look at all these things I've just done. On top of all the things I did during COVID that I was right about and everyone else was wrong about. And look at the look at my state. Look at how I won. And that's what he's going to really push, really. You know, and I think he's going to start where he's been talking about himself being a winner. I think he's going to pivot to Trump being a loser, which is what he is, which is which is what he is. You know, uh, so he lost the popular vote twice. And look at who he lost it to Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden. Not exactly. Not exactly strong candidates, not exactly the strongest candidates out there. You know, so, well, obviously this is going to continue. This is only the vanguard of this whole thing. And it's going to continue on and on and on. We only have, what do we have? Another 16, 17, 18 months of talking about this. I don't want to count how many shows that is. But that's the reality of this uh, elections in this country. They go on forever because they make money, right? The money it costs is a sin. My grandmother used to say that all the time. Like if I threw out a half-eaten sandwich, she'd say, that's a sin. Look at that sin. Imagine what throwing out $80 million is. So what are you saying, Andrew? I see a comment in there. Andrew, you Andrew, you can come on and talk, man. You don't got to just give me. This is so small. As I get older, I doubt Trump or Biden could read this stuff. The only the only Democrat Trump beat was was who? Hillary? Well, no, he didn't. He didn't, though. She that's what I'm saying. She's such a bad candidate that he lost to her by three million votes. Right. She won the popular vote by three million over him. How sad is that? I mean, you have to pull out the thinnest of thin electoral college victories in the upper Midwest in order to beat her in the electoral college. But, uh. You know, but in the popular vote, that's another thing. You'll see a lot of people on the right, you know, Trump supporters saying, oh, we should go by popular vote. Electoral college is bullshit. And you point out that their candidate lost both times. They go, oh, oh but he won the electoral college. <laughs> They're such hypocrites. People with, people with the syndrome are real hypocrites, man. They can't think straight. They can't think straight. But the scary part of this all is that I'm worried about Trump derangement syndrome carrying this guy through. And we're going to be stuck with President Biden. Or, I can't even say President. I'm like, when I try to say President Newsom, I'm like, um, remember Fonzie saying love? I can't say President Newsom. I can't say it. I can't get it out. It gets stuck in my, it gets stuck in my Adam's apple trying to say that. Disgusting. The idea is disgusting, but it's a possibility. And, and, and no less disgusting is the idea of a, you know, 82 to 86 year old Joe Biden being president, possibly leading to a president Kamala during that time. So uh, Trump losing a general election is, is there's no good. It, it can only, it, it can only do, it, it'll be really bad. It can be really devastating to this country if that would happen. You know, so we have to make sure at this time we have a very strong general election candidate, especially as Scott Moorfield pointed out, things are so narrow these days. This country is so split. That it can be 10,000 votes in one state. Any of maybe five or six states that make the difference. And that could simply be, that could simply be the difference 
of maybe winning independence by 2% or losing them by 2%. Understand that? It could be that fucking narrow. So. Anyway, that's my take on this whole thing. What do you like doing, Andrew? What do you say? I just like while you while you rift. Opinioning? Well, oh, I see. You like background? You like a background singer, Andrew? Is that what you like doing? <laughs> while I sing, you're in the background going, do wah, do wah. <laughs> Uh, that's pretty funny. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, peanut gallery. Okay, part of the peanut gallery. Who's here? Oh, Cheech is here. When Cheech makes an appearance, I feel a very special. I feel like it's a special night, and I really need to. I really need to be on. If anyone wants to call in and say anything and shut me up for a while, you can. Um, let's see. What else is a uh, well? I think I mentioned yesterday that. Uh, that oh there's more oh 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 this is this is this is big this is big so i'm going through twitter today and i see something and it it shocked me i was like i was shocked by it i was like actually shocked not much shocks me these days to tell you the truth but this really i I was like taken aback by it and hey i'm going to i'm going to play it for you now i do want to tell everyone not that it matters this was this what you're about to hear was said in 2005 by someone who died five years ago. I want to set that straight. It wasn't said today. It was said in 2005 by someone who died in 2018. But listen, listen to this. Listen to this. Sorry, hold on. Damn thing. Oh, here we go. Here we go. If I can get this to work. We are going to exterminate white people because that, in my estimation, is the only conclusion I have come to. We have to exterminate white people off of the face of the planet to solve this problem. Now, I don't care whether you clap or not, but I'm saying to you that we need to solve this problem because they are going to kill us. And I will leave on that. So we have to just set up our own system and stop playing and get very serious and not be diverted. And the one. Okay. So that was said by someone who calls himself an individual who calls himself Kamau, Kamau Kamban, uh, author and owner of Blacknificent Books. And so that was said back in 2005 on, on C-SPAN. And he's on, on C-SPAN. Now, could you imagine? Now, I know this was 2005, 18 years ago. And luckily, luckily, he left the earth five years ago, thankfully. But people did clap. And someone brought the point that, you know, Hitler left this earth a long time ago, too. Does that mean that's over? Does that mean that hate's over, anti-Semitism is over, fascism is over? No. Now... I don't remember. I've always been, even way before I did this podcast, remember I was in talk radio in the 90s. I don't remember. Someone can call in if you if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, call in and tell me I'm wrong. Do you remember CNN or MSNBC or any of the major networks making a big deal out of this in 2005? I think I would have remembered this, even though it was 18 years ago. I would have remembered this. If, if they made a big deal over this, let's put it this way. If a white person, you know where I'm going, would they 
would they have would, would be something that was on C-SPAN that maybe someone retweeted 18 years later and most of us are like, I never even knew this happened? Of course not. It would have been the, one of the biggest moments in, in our nation's history. It would be considered a defining moment of racism in the 21st century if a white person said that about black people. Yet I don't recall anyone putting that on Facebook or Twitter or whatever was around in 2005. YouTube, I don't recall it. That's why it shocked me to see this. I thought it happened today. And I looked it up and I found it happened in 2005 and he had died in 2018. Because a big deal wasn't made of it. No one said anything of it. No one said anything of it. Andrew, you were nine years old. I'm sorry. Well, how old are you? You're 12 now? What are you? Oh, 18 and nine. Let me do the ad. So 18 and nine is 20, 27? Are you 27 now? Okay. Did I do that right? Oh, maybe not. Um, 26. 26. It's, it's incredibly sad that we're in a world where a black person can say that. And it's, I don't remember this guy. I don't remember the, I don't remember anyone on the left coming out and saying this guy should be canceled. This guy should be deleted. Uh, I don't remember any of that. None of it. I don't remember a peep about a black man in the year 2005 saying that we need to wipe white people off the earth. You say that about blacks, you say that about Jews, you say that about Asians, you say that about anyone, you're done. You're done, and you probably should be done. I mean, that's a horrible thing to say. Mister, I'm, I'm Mr. Free Speech. I'm Mr. Be a grown-up and take it. But to say an entire race should be wiped out in the year 2005, and not a not not a peep from the left wing media. Oh. I know you're saying, Mike, come on, you're pretending to be shocked about this, but I am shocked about this. I am shocked about something like something as blatant as that. Something as blatant as that. This man should have been destroyed over it. Lucky the Lord took him a few years later before he can do any more destruction to us. But that's just absolutely disgusting. And once again, proves it proves 130% beyond any kind of a reasonable or shadow of a doubt how biased the media in this country is. Hey, Vladdy, how you doing? Good, what's up? Look, Mike, honestly, I wouldn't even worry about these groups of people that are coming out this hateful against whites or anybody else. Let me tell you, a while back, Maybe a little bit before COVID, I was listening to uh, on YouTube to Dr. Clarence Anderson. I think that's his name from Powernomics. I saw his most of his videos where he said talking to blacks. He of course is black. Talking to to blacks in school, talking to to blacks at the Crenshaw Christian Center on Crenshaw with uh, Dr. Price. He knows very well his people have done nothing, absolutely nothing. And I don't want to sound like racist when I say his people. Have done absolutely nothing. He knows that they're done for it. And if the next 20 years, they don't change their way. You have uh, the, the late uh, Kevin Samuels, who was very controversial among the black. I used to love listening to him. He's going to be about one year anniversary after his death from last year due to a massive heart attack. So I listen to these people that are know their culture well and they. They they educated right. <clears throat> so what did I drop them? There's a lot of bad things. So 
they're just you know like when you're drowning a little kitten a cat in water and it's kind of trying to claw its way out but you know it's going to die right a lot of cultures are like that well and that's why, well, I, I've, that's never, why I don't, I've never drowned the cat i want to go on record okay i know okay. but you, you know what i mean you know the <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. so when when people are trying to claw at you but it's too late because they know their imminent death certain deaths is is, is uh has caught them and they're and they're being drowned. It's just oh. an example, metaphorically. I'm not saying I'm an expert in killing cats. I, I love cats. <laughs> so, so, so what I mean? There's cultures that know very well that if they're if they don't change their ways, their their demise is at hand. In fact, Clarence Anderson tells Black Americans, if you don't change your ways, other cultures will r- rise up to the occasion in positions of power, and they and they will re-enslave you. So the racist topic that that Biden said years ago, I'll put you back in in, in chains, you know that shit. Uh-huh. I'll put you back in chains. That shit. Well, actually, there's a lot of truth to it because he himself was a racist and he said that topic. Remember when he told blacks, "If you don't vote for me, you ain't black." Yeah, that you shit. Ain't black. Right. Okay. Why? Because he knows who he's talking to. That's what uh-huh. I'm saying. If some cultures don't change, imminent death is at their door. And their demise. This is people in Latin America. This is people, especially in Africa and some Asian countries, if they don't shape 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 themselves up, change their 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 thinking and what they do, imminent death is at their door. And that's what that's what the new world order is kind of going to do. It's going to subjugate people that that are easy to to manipulate, that don't give uh, don't rise up against their power like the Chinese Asian nation, and they'll just do away with the culture that don't. Don't don't follow her. That's what's gonna happen to them. Okay, and that's what sucks. It's, it sucks, really. It sucks. I don't but, wish it on anywhere. My worst enemy. Look, I'm the not truth shocked. Is, I'm yeah. not shocked that a black radical says this about white people. What I am uh, upset about is that the media doesn't cover this the way they would if it was a white person saying it about a black exactly. person. Exactly. If it would have been somebody from the KKK, neo-Nazi, American right. Nazis, all that shit. Yeah, yeah of course. Right. Of course. But you know what? The reality is they, don't have, they know very well they don't have no power. They're a very disunited people. They're not united. They really never believe. You looked at it. I, I was listening to a sermon a long time ago by a prominent black pastor, and I think speaking from where MLK spoke, right? And what did he say? What have you guys accomplished, really? I mean, there's a compliment from certain individuals here and there, but in reality, he goes, look at our culture. What have they accomplished? Other than all the bullshit lies that they tell you about the dynasty, Africa this, Africa that, at the very end, he goes, what have you accomplished, really, that you could live on your own without the need of the white man? The, you know, and I'm not being racist again. The need of the white man and the contributions of Europe and the United States. Subsequently, from Britain, the United States, he goes, what have we accomplished as a people? And why? Because when you see all these people with all this racism, like what you just mentioned, that recording, all this crime, BLM, all this bullshit, at the end of the day, they know that, that, that if the United States were to disappear, they'll disappear. This is the only country where African Americans have had it the best in the world for them. And yet they shit on it. And every That's culture that shits, uh, that shits on it, they could go to hell. Because I, as a Mexican-American, who have more rights over anybody, both that my, my land gets stolen, I don't have that attitude. You know what? I'm grateful to God. In fact, I'm grateful to God that the whites stole it from Mexico and made it something. And I don't care for the Spanish, and sometimes I don't even care for my own people. Why? Because at least in the U.S., they did something with this land. Whether you want to call it, oh, it's occupied, it's whatever the hell. It's beyond that. It's, it's beyond that whole shit. 
Work with what you got. That's what I tell people. Work with what you got. Stop decrying the bullshit from not your generation, from uh, 10, 20 generations behind you. It has nothing to do with you. You did not suffer the lynching. You did not suffer the lynch mob. You did not suffer the running away from, from KKK and shit like that. You did not suffer. You were not in a burning church. You were not burned alive. You did not go through that. We just had a black president not long ago. We're crying out loud. And he was an African-American. And you know who I'm talking about, Mike? Yeah, I do. And, and God knows how many senators and how many people of prominence have gone into power. How many? I mean, they really rule the, 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 the sports the sports team, and they get rich off of that. And they, they'll play along. They'll play along with, this, with, with, with the CRT. With, they'll play along with the, with the weaponization of political identity. They play a lot like shit like, like what LeBron James said. He stepped out of his mansion, out of his house. They're, they're hunting for him. I mean, that is like a joke, dude. He lives in one of the best communities. God knows how many houses, you know, how many mansions he has and mm-hmm. talks like that. Mm-hmm. Yet he, he did not suffer nothing like what his ancestors suffered in the plantation fields. Honestly, well, that, know, this Vlad, is ludicrous. Vlad, a big ludicrous. Reason, a big reason why the left wing media doesn't pick up on stuff like like what that what that moron said is for a couple of reasons. One is it doesn't promote their narrative, right? That only white people are racist. That's their narrative. That whites are race hateful. But also, a lot of people, and this is even more insidious and disgusting. A lot of people in the media, Vlad, actually think this guy has a right to be that angry. Okay, white people don't have a right to be angry like that about anybody. But this guy has a right to be angry about that. And so, oh, he said something that was a little rough. Oh, well. See, this is the sickness of the liberal mind of the media in this country is they believe a certain groups have the look have the right to be angry, to say something as awful as that, have a right to demand a five million dollar check from the government. They have the they believe they have this right. And you and I know anyone with anyone with a clear mind and conscience knows they don't. As you just said, the best country they could live in is this one, right? Correct. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, how many can really all these people that are in power really cry the same bullshit? You know, you, you, you know, one thing I've learned in history from historians is that the first Af- African Americans that got let loose from the Emancipation Proclamation and, and and literally birthed men like 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 like, like Booker T. Washington, W. B. Du Bois, despite that he was a socialist, men like Martin Luther King, men like Charles Drew from Charles Drew Medical Center who gave us blood plasma. That's what it bred in spite of all the evil, all the racist hatred. Right. And yeah, it made black colleges. Yet you didn't see them bitching and whining. They did something about it. Right. They went against the current. A man died and gave his life for a cause. And was he a partially socialist? Yes, he was. But he died for civil rights. He was killed. And he wanted all colors to be united and the content of our character to be to be judged, not by our color of skin. I mean, come on. Those are great things. Those are great advancements. You know? Oh, I think. It's unfortunate that MLK and Malcolm X had to die. but they. I was going to say, you know, you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say, it's a shame those guys aren't around now because I would love to see what they think. 
about all this. Exactly. In fact, yeah. I, I wouldn't doubt they would be hated because not even their legacy, not even their 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 heritage, their children are like that. They're mm -hmm. all woke. Yeah. Look at all. They're all woke. They play along. Jesse Jackson, who could have maybe come into prominence for, for you know, the place of MLK, if he would have been too dirty going around sticking his wiener in every woman and having lunch out here and there and stop, <laughs> stopping his bullshit, he, he would have, you know what? He would have rose up. He made a stupid move going into LGBTQ in the 90s. That's the stupidest move he could have done. He should have just kept and really been a reverend, whoever was a reverend and knows what a reverend's about. And I know God would have blessed him. He would have been able to. He would have been a president way before Obama. Well, most of the uh, so-called reverends since MLK have been have been bullshit reverends. They've been just self-serving, yeah. self-serving reverends. I mean, especially Jesse like Al Al, Al Sharpton, 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 yeah, Sharpton, yeah, Sharpton <laughs> obviously, with his uh, ridiculous network, which is just basically a, a way for him to champion himself, but. What it really comes down to is once again, well, actually, we should, I should MLK. One of MLK's daughters is not woke. No, yeah. she's on Fox a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she's not. She's not woke actually. In fact, she's fairly, I'd say, centrist or conservative compared to the others. So I should mention that. But the fact of the matter is, is that once again, we're we're in a time now where it's um. It's acceptable to destroy and censor and delete and cancel someone who you perceive as being a racist if they're white. If they're white. If they're any other race, no, you can't do it. Of course, there's, there's no intellectual honesty in that. Anyone can be racist. It doesn't matter. The color of your skin doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All, the, all, all they got to do is not like you and, and yeah. say you're racist, you know? Yeah. And if you're white, they'll, they'll look around. Maybe this guy's Anglo. Maybe he's been to pro. No, he's just white. Just just hate on him. And it's but stupid. also criticizing it's things stupid. that need to be criticized, like for giving a certain race $5 million uh -huh. so they don't kill us or rob oh, us. Oh, that's disgusting. Is insane. It's that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Why don't, why, don't, why don't they say, you know what? Why don't they look into the troubles of their own people? And the demise, or the the demise that they have caused over time. Why don't they look into their own problem? This is what Larry Elder. This is what Thomas Sowell. Those are my 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 true brothers. I love to hear these men. Why? Because they don't want to. Uh, the 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 uh, Maxine Waters. The uh, the the uh, Travis Daly D Davis. I think it was his name when he had a program. The the uh, Doctor. What is it? The Travis one that Smiley? had a fight with Smiley. Tra thank you, yeah. Travis Smiley. The the Eric Dyson, the one that had a debate with uh, oh. with Jordan Peterson, but he's calling him that he's a white privilege, evil man shit. I mean, he didn't really have an argument against greatness. And and well, wait a minute, you're a university professor from from Georgetown. Wow, what a wicked man. You had to Dyson. go so low to ad hominem. Yeah, on the monk debate. It's on YouTube. Monk debate. Oh, Dyson's, uh, Dyson's yeah. a horrible guy. Horrible. Yeah, I'm like instead of. Raising up the, the, the people for good, they play along with a race car. Yeah. Disgusting. Yet, you know what? They, they're they not there. Like Morgan Freeman with Don Lamont, he told them, we're not there. That's not our excuse. That's not our excuse. You don't, you can't play that card. You did good. I did good. You can't play that card. Come on. Who are you bullshitting? You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, they they believe, they believe that their hatred for the white men is uh is justified, and obviously they can say whatever they want and get away with it because, of course, as we know from the clip I just played, there's absolutely no way 
a white person would be caught on a camera on C-SPAN saying what that man said about black people. They wouldn't happen. They would know that. They would know they'd be destroyed. So they don't do it. But these people know not only are they not going to be destroyed, they're going to be uplifted because Vlad, they're in a rage and they deserve to be in this rage. That's 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 the bullshit of it all. Yeah. And basically, like Elon Musk said, my man, wokeness gives people a shield to be mean and cruel, armored and false virtue. Wokeness gives people a shield to be mean and cruel. Armored and false. Basically, it's a it's a ticket. It's a it's a card. It's a race card to be racist against a black man, against a white man, coming from blacks and people of color and anybody that wants to attack the white man. Yeah, you, you know, I'm 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 a defender of people. I'm like, don't be attacking white. I got white family on my nephew's side. Uh, I mean, we got Spanish white. That's a different matter, though. I'm talking about Anglo-Saxon blood, and, and I'm like, you know what? Got to stop that nonsense. And I, I mean, have we learned from history all the evil shit yet only to try to do it to the white man now? His numbers are declining birth rate, I understand. They're doing bad because of all this wokeness. That's what they made their bed, okay? I'm specifically attacking Anglo-Saxon. You made mm-hmm. your bed. And this is basically, I'm, I'm going to say like this, Mike. The Anglo-Saxon, the Wasp, they, 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 they're basically trying to, trying to stop the barbarian at the door. I don't know if you looked at our border. I'm going to call it out as Hispanic with more authority. You know, our, our borders here in the southern border, Texas border, it's a mess. And they, they're doing it on, on purpose. It's a, it's a huge they, mess. It's not yes. just a mess. Why? Because similarly, like Rome fell to the barbarians. Yeah. Eventually, they're trying to force. Now, of course, they're trying to use the demise. They're trying to use the misery. Because these people, a lot of these people are, are, are honest to goodness, good, good working people. They don't mean to do that. They have a need. They're, they're refugees, what you call economic refugees. That's understandable. But what they don't know is when they send all these American lawyers over there to, to, to fill their brains with shit and tell them, don't worry about Title 42, you go claim yours. Get that land. I've been told this by a lot of immigrants. They literally have people sent over there in Latin America to stir them up, to lie to them. These lawyers should be, right now that Nayib Bukele, you know very well, he's cleaning up his country. He's cleaning that country of El Salvador from all sure. the rats yeah. that, 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 that were extorting people from MS-13 and all that mm-hmm. shit. He should throw in their American lawyers that are going down there to his country. And if you get the ones that are in other countries that are stirring up shit and causing people to come over here in caravan. Look at what just happened right here at the Texas border. I think it was by Brownsville, right? I think Morelos, yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and it was horrible. Yeah. You know, people just forced their way in. They didn't give a rest about how they get in. Exactly. And it, it wasn't, and it wasn't my people. It was all sorts of freaking Latinos coming in there, forcing their, their way in nasty. Yeah. And yeah. That, that is wrong. I it just want to leave it with that. Vlad, I, I love thank, talking to you, brother. Continue. Whole, continue. Man. I appreciate it as always. Yes. Okay. Uh, who's on here? Is this uh, Daniel? Hey, Daniel. How you doing tonight? That, that's that's Reverend Daniel to you. Reverend Daniel, how you doing? <laughs> Reverend Daniel. Is that your new job? <laughs> yes, brother. Um, <laughs> yeah, here, I'm, yes, I'm going to make a prediction. 
we, we talk frequently about how the Democrats have flipped on every core issue um, that is support for the poor and middle class, support for uh, bodily autonomy, um, anti-war positions, et cetera. There's a long list that they've flipped on in just three years' time. Here's a prediction I'm going to make. If the um, whole reparations uh, thing uh, keeps, keeps escalating, and it will, because that's what the algorithms want, as we talked about last night, um, if, and it will, this uh, talk uh, escalates, we are going to see the Democrats who, for the time of Civil War, have been saying that the Civil War was about slavery. And as opposed to the, uh, the right and the South in particular, who was saying that it was about states' rights, we're going to see that mm -hmm. flip. We're going to see Democrats. And, and the mm -hmm. woke in particular start saying it was all about states' rights. <laughs> and the South is wow. going to say it's about slavery. Why? So that they devalue the contribution that white people made by giving their lives, Northerners that gave their lives to end slavery. Well, you know, uh, I think the what's going to happen I, this, once again, this reparation stuff is not going to go through. It's all bullshit. It's all virtue signaling. It's all of course, but, yeah. Of course, when it right. gets in the courts, it's going to it's going to die. But right, but the, right. But the algorithm wants it to um, wants it but, to keep peaking, and it will until it gets to that point where the, the courts um, uh, put the, the kibosh on the algorithms. Well, it also it's just causing more. Uh, strife and uh, hatred and animosity between of the course. races, which is what these people want. That's what they want. That's how the left, that's how Democrats, that's how the media, <laughs> that's how they win elections and make money and get who knows ratings. What they want. Who knows what they want? And who knows? And, and I, I just can't imagine, is, even if they know what they want, I just can't imagine that they aren't capable of entirely fucking it up because they adhere to their ideologies so tightly yeah. that uh, that it can't be uh, that they can't move that dial on their ideology, um, despite all, all the, the, the facts that say, hey, you, you, you're you're really um, uh, causing lots of problems uh, taking this particular path, taking this particular tactic. And it, because it's exactly as you say, they, they've over the last ten years they've done nothing but increase racial tension, and 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 they just it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what they what they want they seem to be on they seem to be on some sort of autopilot. Yeah. Well, uh, it's obviously what they want because they keep doing it. And if you just want well, everyone to get along and everyone to be equal, basically at some point, like I was talking about on yesterday's show, you just shut up and let people live their lives, right? Exactly. You just shut up. And that's, and stop. that's what everyone, that's what most people want in this country when it comes right down to it. They want people to stay the hell out of their lives and let them live. They want them to shut up and stop telling them what they are and just be. Yep. I don't think we'll ever get to that point. Not with the media we have now. Not with the politicians we have now. I don't. I don't think. No. As long as you have like uh, the CNNs, the MSNBCs, the Joe Bidens, the Gavin Newsoms, this stuff is never going to end. 
what we and have to do uh, is yeah what we what we have to do is rein in the algorithms rein in the uh, rein in this monster that's been that's been created um, via the internet that mm -hmm. is it's just out of control we talked about it last night so i'm not going to uh, talk about it much more right now and we talked about it before but it it needs to be um, brought under control um, and, well, and the well. tools that uh, create the, this, the, these very many um, varieties of social contagion, those tools need to be destroyed. We have to rein this in for a society to, for us to continue to suffer greatly. Um, so this is just one more manifestation, the, the pumping up racism, uh, the pumping up uh, gender ideology, the pumping up COVIDianism. I mean, it's it's we've seen it all in the last three or four years, and there's going to be a lot more of, of this uh, um, social manipulation that's occurring. So we're so, yeah. Uh, all right. I'm preaching to the preaching to the choir, but yeah, the all right. Reverend, the Reverend's signing off after. Nothing wrong. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Thank thank you, Reverend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that sermon, Reverend. Thank you. Great sermon. Great sermon. Yeah, Michael Eric Dyson. He's like the worst. He's so horrible. And then he does that. He tries to do that like overly intellectual neo, what do you call neo-Rican poetry way of talking where everything is a rhyme and I'm robbing my brother knows the truth. What the hell? Everything he talks about, every time I see him talking, it's like, when's he going to get rid of that shtick? This ridiculous, as we call New York shticklock, shticklock. Just once again, to prove I am half Jew. I am half Jewish. Anyone? Did you guys know that? Did you people know that? that I'm half Italian and half Jew. Therefore, I can make fun of Italians and Jews and no one can, <laughs> no one can do anything. <laughs> oh my God. No, Dyson's a disaster. He's a total racist, 100%. Uh, and a moron. Uh, let's see. Uh, speaking of moron racists, okay. So we're just left, just left-wing liberal, uh, white liberal intellectual garbage. The root... Now, I don't I don't usually I don't usually read the root. So the root put up this story today. And I want to warn you that this is from the roots point of view, which is that this woman that they're talking about makes perfect sense. And we're all crazy to saying she's an idiot. Anyway, here um, the author of a, a book titled White Fragility. Her name is Robin D'Angelo. She's Italian. I can make fun of her. Has the internet in shambles, according to The Root, after a clip from a panel she was on went viral. The webinar called Racial Justice, The Next Frontier. Is that like the next, the next Star Trek? Happened on March 1st. D'Angelo insisted that people of color should build community with each other, not white people. And the statement has since been called controversial. She stated, and then I'm a big believer of affinity space and affinity work. And I think people of color need to get away from white people and have some community with each other. And I'll let that go and maybe see if anyone else wants to pick it up. From there, D'Angelo's panelists chimed in on the sentiment. However, it didn't take long for her words. Now, this is according to The Root, to be misconstrued with conservatives like Chris Rufo, claiming that D'Angelo is a segregationist. Conservative talk show person like Dave Rubin asked, is this what they canceled Scott Adams for? Adams, the creator of the comic Dilbert, received backlash after going on a racist rant, according to The Root, in which he called black people a racist hate group last month during his YouTube show. Dozens of newspapers dropped Dilbert as a result. Here are Adams' exact words. Well, we just read Adams' exact words. They just told us what her words are. 
Here, if nearly half of all blacks are not okay with white people, that's a hate group. I don't want to have anything to do with them. And I would say, based on the current way things are going, the best advice I would give to white people is to get the hell away from black people because there is no fixing this. Um, uh, so, okay. So, once again, let me go through what Adam said. This is the Dilbert guy. If nearly half of all blacks are not okay with white people, that's a hate group. I don't want to have anything to do with them. And I would say, based on the current way things are going, the best advice I would give to white people is to get the hell away from black people because there's no fixing this. Okay. That, the root, and many others. Remember, Dilbert was canceled. Okay. Okay. For those of us who, those of you who are just joining, this is the perfect opportunity to play this clip again. Okay. And I want to remember, I want to remember, I want, I want you to all remember this. This was said back in 2005. And this man who said this died in 2018. Okay. Um, so I want to make sure I get the, the dates right. I know people are into that these days. You can't, you have to be clear with the dates, but still. Okay. Now I'm going to play this. This is from Camus Cambon. In 2005, on C-SPAN, okay, this guy is considered was considered because he's gone now an author and the owner of Black Nificent Books. Remember, neither I nor nor Mister Adams of Dilbert could ever have a book company named White Nificent Books. If we had something called White Nificent Books, we would be considered racist and canceled, just like Dilbert was. But once again, I'm going to read the comment that Adams just said, and then I'm going to sh- I'm going to play you what Camus Cambon said in 2005. This is from Adams, who was just canceled. If nearly half of all blacks are not okay with white people, I think that's a hate group. I don't want to have anything to do with them. And I would say, based on the current way things are going, the best advice I give to white people is to get the hell away from black people because there's no fixing this. Okay, here's the comment from Camus Cambon, once again, from 2005. How we are going to exterminate white people, because that, in my estimation, is the only conclusion I have come to. We have to exterminate white people off of the face of the planet to solve this problem. Now, I don't care whether you clap or not, but I'm saying to you that we need to solve this problem because they are going to kill us. And I will leave on that. So we have to just set up our own system and stop playing and get very serious and not be diverted. Now, basically, Adams said that, but of course, he never said about anything about exterminating white people. So Mr. Cambon said, we have to get away from white people, set up our own thing. But also, on top of all that, we need to exterminate all white people. Yet there was nothing back in 2005. Mr. Cambon was not canceled. The Lord canceled him 13 years later, but he was not canceled by anybody by the left-wing media, any media, back in 2005. Like I said, it was shocking to hear this because I would have remembered if in 2005 a big deal was made over this and this man was canceled the way the Dilbert Mr. Adams was canceled by saying something that was much more milquetoast to this, but basically the same sentiment, take out the extermination of people. This guy, Cambon, said we need to do our own thing, get away from white people. What Adams said was, white people need to get away from black people because there's no fixing this otherwise. Mr. Cambon said, we have to do our own thing and exterminate white people. 
to get away from this and fix this. Yet Mr. Cambon calling for the extermination of a race, not a peep, not a peep from the left wing media. No talk of cancellation. Yet Mr. Adams of Dilbert was just canceled for what he said. Okay. So the root is trying to say what Robin D'Angelo said about black people building their own community and getting away from white people is okay. What Adams said about white people getting away from black people is not okay. And yet, of course, the root will never mention what Mr. Cambon said in 2005. Okay? Never. It doesn't exist to them. It doesn't exist to them. What, it, what Mr. Adams said was horrible. Okay? But what Mr. Cambon said, we're not even going to address it. We'll pretend it never happened. And what Ms. D'Angelo said is perfectly fine. That's how hypocritical these people are. That's how hypocritical they are. The fact of the matter is, when a white person says white people are racists, it's okay. When a black person calls for the extermination of the white race, it's okay. When a white guy who does a comic, okay, says that white people need to separate from black people, cancel him, delete him, destroy him. This is the hypocrisy. This is the double standard. But it's not just hypocrisy and double standard on an intellectual level. People's lives are at stake. Mr. Adams of Dilbert was canceled. It took the Lord to cancel Mr. Cambon, and no one is going to cancel Ms. D'Angelo. It's sickening, people. It really is. It's absolutely sickening. It makes me ill. It makes me physically ill. Physically ill. That this is accepted. This kind of double standard is accepted. And that one person comes out and says, how about everyone just live with each other? How about we don't talk about this, about white people getting away from blacks, or black people getting away from whites, or, or black people exterminating white people. How about we just all live? But once again, in that kind of talk, there's no money, there's no ratings, there's no political brownie points. It's not controversial to say that, right? Everyone get along. Rodney, Rodney King said that. That's not controversial. This is the stuff that's controversial, right? This is what gets the media ratings. This is what gets politicians reelected and scoring brownie points with their cults. That's the problem. Maybe that's part of the algorithm that uh, Daniel talks about that we need to end. But the double standards have to end. If you're going to call out Mr. A Adams, you need to call out Mr. Cambon times 100. And you need to call out Ms. D'Angelo. Yet these left-wing rags like the root, these racist rags like the root, will say, well, what Ms. D'Angelo said is perfectly fine, intellectual, the intellectual white liberals. She knows what she's talking about. Mr. Dilbert has to be canceled. And Mr. Cambon, hey, Mike, what are you talking about? We never heard this. Never heard this. Oh, come on. It was C-SPAN 18 years ago. Get over it, Kachopoli. This is the double standard that has to end. Until this ends, until this double standard ends, then, then the, 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 um, 
the outrage will never end, right? From people like me who are simply outraged by this and are going to continue to point it out. What hypocrites the left-wing media are. Just incredible hypocrites. And what they hate the most is when someone like myself or Dave Rubin or Chris Rufo point out their hypocrisy. Point out their hypocrisy. Forget about saying, once again, I know this was 18 years ago and she's going around now, the statement by Mr. Cambon. But isn't this what they canceled Scott Adams for? Yeah, but it's they never canceled Mr. Cambon for saying something 5,000 times worse than what Mr. Adams said. Because it doesn't fit into their narrative, folks. We know how it goes. It doesn't fit into their narrative. And if it doesn't fit into their narrative, it doesn't exist. If it doesn't fit into their narrative, it never happened. If it doesn't fit into their narrative, it's not a story. It's not a big deal. You're making a mountain out of a molehill. You know their game. You know their game. But this idea of making everyone hate each other is uh, big, big for them. Big money, big money, big ratings, big, big ratings. And it's also frightening that anyone can be canceled. But what's even more frightening is only half of us can be canceled. The other half can't be canceled. Only half are cancelable. The other half are immune from, from cancellation. That's the bigger problem. That's the bigger problem. Of course, I think nobody should be canceled. Like I said, Mr. Cambon's statements of, 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 of uh, eradicating a whole race should be pointed out as horribly racist and disgusting. And no one should ever take the guy seriously or buy any of his stupid books from blackification books or black or beautiful, whatever the fuck it was called. But the fact is that you can call out when someone says something that horrible. Yet he was never called out. But Mr. Mr. Adams of Dilbert is, is canceled for saying something that was incredibly mild, especially compared to what Mr. McCambon said. And, and that is the solution. Like I said, the real solution is just to shut up, let everyone live their lives. But you know what? Is that is, is the solution going to be we just have to separate? Is that is that the solution people want that we just have to separate? First of all, it's not it's not really it's not possible. It's like you have a white race. It's like you have a white state and a black state. I know we have blue and red states. We don't have white people states and black people states. We all live together. The idea is idiotic. It's totally idiotic. And this whole idea of black people need to create their communities or white people need to create their own little communities. Well, we have those. It's called neighborhoods. But in a real melting pot that works like New York used to. Like San Francisco used to, we can get, we can do this. We can make it work. But when you have raced hucksters, when you have race hucksters like Cambon, like Al Sharpton, like, like most of the media, like a lot of politicians, it's not going to work. They want the hatred. They want the segregation. They want the separation. And it's certainly not going to work by saying, well, we need to give one race $5 million so they don't hurt the other race. How idiotic. How insulting to both races. Hello, Gator. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Yeah, all right, all right. Um, so, you know, we spent quite a bit of time yesterday on your call talking about this kind of mind, um, you know, the, the sort of the general process of, of um, 
politically indoctrinating people to the point where they're just going along with the program and they're not even they don't know why right and you know this is a kind of an extension of that in a way because um yeah scott i i saw scott what's his name's video where he he essentially was sort of telling people saying maybe you should head for the hills essentially mm-hmm. and um well, whose video who's scott you know the, the dilbert guys oh video. dilbert guy right okay yeah yeah Adam, and I was just thinking that, that that's, that's yeah, just a fucking that's just a dumb thing to say. Gu- guaranteed backlash, but also he is also wrong about COVID and his polarization, and essentially he's a biofascist, right? So yeah, I don't I don't know about his opinions. I didn't know about anything about him until now. Okay, I knew he did Dilbert. That's it. Total bio total biofascist. Okay, and fuck when, him. And, <laughs> yeah, but all well, well, no, but listen, this is the point. Yeah, until the point that the tide had completely gone out on his position as a biofascist, you know, he was going around saying all of the bad stuff that you would reject in COVID, right? Mm-hmm. So he's not, so he's not some kind of unifier, or, or and he doesn't have any insight because he mm-hmm. swallowed the swallowed the COVID idiocy. But when, and when 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 the tide was going out, he made a video where he said, okay, he's acknowledging that he was wrong. But fundamentally, the way that he acknowledged that was by saying that anyone who got COVID right was lucky because effectively they just took a gamble. They, oh, he please. didn't acknowledge that anybody may have done analysis please. or reading please. or anything like this. Oh, okay? you, Gator, let me interrupt you for one second. Sure. I got into a thing on Twitter and luckily it gained me about 100 followers but between me and that moron. Uh, you know, do you know Joe Walsh, the former... Mm conservative turned liberal because of Trump derangement syndrome and he knew that could make him money and get him prominence for a few I've more. heard the name but I don't think I know yeah. the uh, So output. Joe Walsh puts out this thing about how this totally bullshit thing about oh how you you people with tinfoil hats think these doctors like Fauci did this stuff to us on purpose it was a once in a lifetime thing and mm. they were they were trying their best and I said hey Joe how about people like me and other people like me and doctors real doctors who knew the score from day one and he mm. comes back with, oh, you're full of shit, Mike. You're full of shit. You didn't know more than anyone else. You were, you were adrift and guessing. This is the same thing you're saying. Mm. Like the, the, these revisionists want to think, well, we were just lucky. We just took the opposing point of view and happened to be kind of maybe sort of, but not really right. Where we, yeah. where, where actually what we did, as you are saying right now, Gator, is we read and we took in facts, and we took in evidence, and we didn't listen to he fear and hysteria, and we used common sense, and these people just will never admit that. Never. Mm. Never. Yeah, right. So so in, inside this kind of mindset, there's, there's, there's also kind of two, two other narratives, which are race division, which is obviously longstanding, and now kind of the, the woke, the general woke uh, division and gender-based arguments right which we sort of prattled on about yesterday now the the mental mechanism that is one of the mental mechanisms that exposes kind of the degree of indoctrination is something that i saw yesterday or still the day before somebody was running something on call in as a chat room and i just happened to go into part of it and listen for a while to sort of out curiosity and i saw you know um there was a guy a sensible guy who's um you know he's an intelligent bloke, and he's he's not, and he's he's nothing he's nothing particularly militant or strong um, in his opinions about anything. And he simply pointed out that as part of wokeism, 
it's a distraction game, essentially, where your attention is robbed from the important stuff by constantly arguing or distracted by the minutiae of the woke movement. Because really, you should be paying attention to essentially where the money's going, uh, for what, and and what's coming, what what the real shit is in the pipe, right? But as a part of this statement, he kept saying he 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 kept he repeatedly said the word transsexual, all right. Now that if you look at what that word is, perfectly fine. Some somebody in the comments was listening to this and kept saying, "Stop using the word transsexual," uh, right? That they first began to object, and then they said, "It's causing it's offensive," right? And so and so I wrote in there, I'm, and I generally didn't know why. Because I checked, I checked what the word meant. Wikipedia laid it all out. It was basically a subset of trans, transgender. There was no, there's no. This is a this is difficult word because, or it's an outdated word because, or it causes offence because. A cursory look wouldn't tell me, right? So I genuinely asked, why why are you objecting to that word? Right, and the, this is when it started. As a genuine question, he and another person in this group then began to essentially target me as if I was either either deliberately actually stupid or a deliberate troll who was who knew that they were playing some kind of game right and neither one of these people who started to react to me like this could actually answer the question right and this guy who who said he took it taken offense called in after I'd put up the wikipedia link to the word transsexual right and and he and he basically tried to mock me, saying, "Oh yeah, I can you know you can go and find a link and look look there's there's the word and it means this and that but 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 it's offensive and you know it and it's like hang on what the fuck's going on here basically this is what's going on. these people are indoctrinated into a into a fashionable way of thinking right mm-hmm. because that is that is what they're being told to do right. And yet they have no, they have not been, had it told to them by the source that's telling them what to think. Why? Right? The basic argument is equal rights. That's the most basic form of all of this, right? Whether it's, whether it's race related or it's gender related, it's just equal rights. But when you want to create a divide and conquer um, argument, which is what they're now being told to believe, you don't need facts. You just need to say, like you were sort of pointing out, some people are more equal than others for at least some period of time, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what they get sucked into. Now, th- then this is where the, this is where indoctrination turns childish, because anyone who cannot provide an analytical answer to why should I support this, why should I change my language to that, why should I stop s- use using this language, if they just say. If you don't know, then you're a troll, or if you don't know, you're too stupid, and I'm not going to tell you, right? Then, then that is the warning sign that you are in a situation where people are mass indoctrinated, right? One, one, the other person actually said to me, why don't you go and, you, and ask chat G, GPT? And I was like, why? Why would I ask chat GPT when it's you, a human, and another human, telling me that there's an issue with with this word so i expect that uh, i expect the humans to tell me the answer right and she literally was serious she was saying and she gave me she gave the answer back which was i'm i'm if you don't already know i'm not going to waste my time telling you right which is something you get in about 
when you're about six years old right? <laughs> yeah right okay in a playground and the yes. problem is this she actually seriously entertained the idea that i should i should ask chat gpt now if you if you took this situation and took it back two years ago chat gpt didn't exist so you couldn't have used that misdirection against me right right that's how that's how, that's the level of childishness that's going on here right now time scale that up into a race argument and what do you get you get kyle rittenhouse right which is where essentially as soon as he was arrested mm -hmm. um you know the me the mainstream media the sanctioned mainstream media literally tried to prejudice his trial by publicly stating that he was a white supremacist that he was a racist and that he'd openly committed multiple acts of murder, right, against against purely black people, right, right, which were all completely wrong. I mean, he didn't murder because he didn't have premeditated intent to go and kill, right, and 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 basically he was not a white supremacist, and the people he shot all white people, black, right, and <laughs> they and he was actually the, the in in court the guy who has survived just to remind everybody, admitted that before Kyle Rittenhouse shot him, he had intended to kill Kyle Rittenhouse with a weapon and he'd raised that weapon to a firing position at Rittenhouse, mm -hmm. right? That's, that's, that's the guy admitting to an attempted murder, attempted murder right? And, and that's also the guy admitting to Kyle Rittenhouse basically responding in self-defense right hence why the case went the way it did right yeah now your point is that in, in the case of cal rittenhouse the state is literally sanctioning reverse racism in a way that it will prejudice somebody's trial right that's insane i mean that's the level we've got to and then the people who are anti cal rittenhouse include the two people i just mentioned who on a gender basis or a race basis cannot explain the rationale for why I should follow their thinking. That's indoctrination, pure indoctrination. Well, look, the Rittenhouse thing is a, a, a pure ex example of how the media can stir up, stir up hatred and racism for something that has no racist angle at all. Right now, they did that on purpose. They did that because Kyle Rittenhouse, they wanted to um, pin him as a white supremacist, right? They wanted to pin him because any, any white person with a gun, even if they're defending their life, is a white supremacist, according to these nut jobs. But also because this happened in the middle of riots that were there to um, up raise up a black man, okay, who they believe was wrongfully uh, killed by the police right so it was about him right it was about george floyd so because this white guy came to a what they would consider of course they would consider a peaceful protest but you and i know it wasn't because the white guy came to these riots with a gun that had to do with a black man all of a sudden it was a racist i, I understand I'm twisting myself into a pretzel, uh, but this is what they're thinking. That's, this is what their warped thinking is. Okay, that this white this is their this is the, this is the warped thinking of a liberal. Okay, this white guy came to a peaceful rally 
about the wrongful death of a black man at the hands of a racist white supremacist cop with a gun and use it against people at that peaceful protest that makes him a white supremacist murderer. That's it. That's their thinking right there. Now, of course, you and I know because we are not racist, because we are, are clear thinking people with that uncommon sense I talk about. We know what the deal was, that Kyle Rittenhouse was tired of people any of any color. He doesn't care if they're black, white, blue, green, burning down his neighborhood, his family's neighborhood, his family's neighborhood where the family business was. He was tired of seeing this on television and and people acting uh, in a in a violent fashion. So he went there with a gun legally, legal, legal gun. They tried to say the gun was illegal. They tried to talk about this ridiculous, idiotic asshole thing of crossing lines, state lines, all bullshit. And he went to the police and he said, do you guys need any help? Do you guys need any help? And they said, no, no. They said, no, we'll handle it. But they didn't say you don't belong here. They didn't arrest him because they had nothing to arrest him for. He was a guy with a gun that he had a, that legally that he had a permit for. And he was obviously there to help because he went to the police. Okay, if you're if you're if you're a criminal, if you're a wrongdoer, you don't go to the police. You run away from the police. Okay, he the first thing he did was he went to the police. Do you need any help? They said, no, no, you can hang out, but we're okay. We got it. And then this happened where these crazy people who didn't like the fact that this guy was there with a gun um, and these these people. These, once again, these people who attacked, who tried to attack and kill Kyle Rittenhouse, all had records. They did, the, did the media mention that? I don't remember the media mentioning that they all had criminal records. Kyle Rittenhouse did not. So when you look at the actual facts of the case and you have uncommon sense, you know, the only criticism you can have of Kyle Rittenhouse, and it could be valid, and even Kyle Rittenhouse says it's valid, is that maybe he shouldn't have gone. Maybe he should have stayed home. Maybe. But that's not a criminal act. That he, It wasn't a criminal uh, decision that he made. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a crime. Even Rittenhouse says himself, if he had to do it all over again, he'd stay home this time. Because he didn't want trouble. He doesn't, he, he, he'd want to go, he, doesn't, he didn't want that to happen. He went there to help. And this happened. But of course, he was just defending his life. Um, so... Once again, if you look at it in that clear-minded way with common sense, where you're not trying to push a certain narrative or not trying to cause more racial strife, you know that Kyle Rittenhouse was 100% in the right to defend himself, and that jury did the right thing. What did it mean? Yeah, I mean, well, I, I haven't talked about that, that much on the show, so I wanted to make it clear where I stand on that. Yeah, and look, my 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 argument about this phenomenon, away aside from the detail of 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 a given situation, right, is that there's a choice that you should always be considering when you look at these situations. It's is the presentation, the polarized presentation, is that a choice by the people presenting it, right, because they are doing it for. Um, a very deep, very much deeper fundamental 
political outcome or are they like you were saying sort of wrapped up in a um foolish uh race orientated mindset right? right i don't think it's more of the latter it's more of the former and this is where i'm what i was saying yesterday i think that you should treat all of the thoughts direction and the and the and the and the, and the guidance of how to pass situations now as direct attempts to indoctrinate you not because it's about black and white and not because it's about transgender but it could be about anything you could be literally being told that apples are going to be called tomatoes right <laughs> that's that's the same thing right it is simply about the deliberate redefinition and warping of language and 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 and, and having language used or misused in such a way that your brain is forced into a situation of cognitive dissonance and in order to cope with the cognitive dissonance you are then prepared to accept nonsense and the nonsense situation is given to you later by the by the system right and that is what what seals your mental fate in the system that is that is how you you use the concept of orwellian double think to drive somebody mentally into a corner and keep them there. And it's the same thing about China, communist China or the USSR or whatever. That was the point I was making. And this is again, the same thing. So, so to go back to your original argument that I was hearing was this idea that you are getting re people who are now revising or, or re sorry, um, revisiting mm -hmm. segregation in America on both sides of the aisle, right? Whether it's Scott, the white guy saying you should flee to the hills or it's, or it's actually ironically another white person, white person saying that she right, believes right. that black people should segregate themselves somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's not forget. That's exactly what projects are, mm. right? Except who's keeping who away from who and who's, who's being penned in. So that's is right. she now saying that she likes the idea of projects and we should now build more projects to keep people, to give black people an isolated safe space. I don't think that went down well the, the last time that happened, right? Well, what's, what's this perfect place or perfect land that they're all going to live in together? Yeah. I, I, I don't get it. Where's that? I mean, Where is it? yeah, it, 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 is, it is completely immature for, for her to entertain that. Because, um, and also, she won't tell you she won't tell you why it's a good idea. She, she, in the video clip I saw, she was speaking yeah. to an, another white person and two right, 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 coloured pe people mm. of colour, right, right. And she put the the concept out forward, there. She put it out there, but then she didn't explain why, and she said, yeah. "I'm just going to leave it there for you to consider." Like, right. She should have explained right. the rationale of why she was just justifying it. It's just completely but insane. There is no rationale, Gator. That's why. Yeah, of course, <laughs> there is no rationale, but. But what it does is it stirs up more racial strife, right? Yeah. More racial anxiety. That's what it does. That's, that's what these white liberals love doing. It, well, blacks do also, but it's, it's, a, it's like it's more offensive to me when a white liberal does it, right? Because they have no real skin in the game. They're loaded. They have money. They're elitist. They're privileged. And they're telling black people what to do. Or go and go in your own – develop your own society, it's, it's so stupid. It really well, is. If, if, if you draw, try to unify the, the macro picture to the micro picture, right? This is what the, this is my attempt to do this, right? Look at, look at what America says about the Ukraine war. 
we're fighting them over there so that we don't have to fight them here. That's, that's yeah. an underpinned philosophy. What mm -hmm. does that mean? The US has essentially triggered uh, a conflict, separation between the Ukrainians and the Russo-Ukrainians in order to fuck with Russia, right? That's basically what's going on. And as a result of that, Russia's had to step in, eventually react, and then and then, and then, and are now engaged in destroying some some stuff. Right? The U.S. in the Middle East has done exactly the same thing. It's gone in, fucked around constantly with the Middle East, so that so that various forms of war um, have occurred, which keeps everybody busy in the Middle East, while the U.S. essentially accesses what it wants. Okay, out of those areas, right? And now, when and so they are kind of macro events, right? But the but the mechanism is exactly the same mm -hmm. as basically creating and uh, um, coming into your own into your own borders and and pitting one group against another or several groups against each other, right? Because whilst all of that fight infighting is going on, you the the rich guys get to take anything you want off the table that nobody's watching because they're too busy watching the f watching the fight mm -hmm. okay and whilst they're busy fighting themselves they cannot fight you right because right. you're you're in your ivory tower or yep. you're just literally not in downtown LA you're on the outskirts right planning planning how to move billions of dollars around from their from their welfare state right that's exactly the same mechanisms just applied at the macro micro level and then if you want these people to do your bidding for you you simply repeat cognitive dissonance inducing um, propaganda at any everyone all the time on tv until they repeat it back to themselves and that composes a loop of antagonism inside their circles because then they're just shouting propaganda at each other and fighting each other over the propaganda which they don't even understand because right. they're not meant right. to understand it yep. that's the way this is working but it won't but but you but how you get out of it i don't know and and this is what i'll finish on i've put in the comments a point about the 2024 elections right and i'm abs this is an absolutely serious point and i have no skin in the game in terms of who gets in because i've got an idea about what comes after but trump is now you've now got the situation where the left ish whatever you want to call them <clears throat> this deep state whatever incumbency is is trying to attack trump on any grounds possible any desperate grounds possible right and that appears to be faltering and the current write-up i heard was that essentially the 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 the, the um, they've had to hit a pause on arresting him because they know that the Michael Cohen statement has said I acted alone when right. I transferred this money. Yeah, that's and a so that, big thing right there. I mean, that's yeah. that's going to be tough to get around that. Yeah, right. So Trump's got this, you know, counterhand that he's just played. Right now, his his trap campaign videos. All right. He's got about at least six or seven, and he's literally just re released one, which is a ten-point statement, a ten-point sub-manifesto on destroying the, the deep state. I mean, like this is—I'm not joking. This is actually what he's saying in terms of the specificity of his claims is more than JFK's warning about secret societies. It's literally like I will dis—I will break this down. I'll break that down. These the, these groups are destroying 
uh, our country and they must be taken down. Right. I mean, that is incredibly strong rhetoric, but it creates a problem for Trump. Because he may have he may be able to ride to power on a message like that, because it makes a lot of sense to anyone who is sympathetic to these concepts. Right. Even if you don't like Donald Trump and even if you think worse things about the political system in general. But what he then had, the problem he then has is he has essentially accountability to a very clear manifesto. Never mind. I love WikiLeaks. I like Julian Assange and I hate Hillary Clinton and I'm going to jail her. This is way more specific than that. Right. So once he gets into office, everybody's going to be there with a big, long tick list of things that Donald Trump said he definitely is going to do. And if he does. Well, look, once again, I, I think I, I think I outlined pretty well, along with uh, Scott Moorfield's uh, article in on townhall.com earlier in the show, why Ron DeSantis is a far, 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 far superior general election uh, candidate than Donald Trump. You know, um, but I, I have little faith. I, I think I look, I think Ron DeSantis can win the primary. I think he can. But it's really going to take. Uh, it's going to take a lot of Republicans waking up to the fact that uh, breaking free from the Trump cult and understanding that DeSantis, for many reasons, as, as I outlined and Scott outlined, is a better general election candidate. But also, it may take independents and Democrats who like Ron DeSantis voting in Republican primaries. Now, I, I can I'm in that category. I'm an independent. I've never voted. I've never voted in a Republican primary for president before, only Democrat. And I'm this year, next year, obviously, I will vote on the Republican primary. There needs to be a a good amount of those people who do that and give Ron DeSantis the victory. And I think he can do it. I think he can do it because I think enough people understand that uh, Trump is poison in a general election and that he will lose. And he would lose to Joe Biden or Gavin Newsom, you know, so uh, we don't want that to happen. <laughs> OK, very quickly, uh, the ahead. question I'd have for you is if you were going to vote for Ron DeSantis, no matter what Ron DeSantis says is his campaign. OK, and, and, and what DeSantis will do and he already is doing and Marie Marianne Williams is, is doing. And this is exactly by design is that those two right. are taking the v- versions of Trump's statements and making them their own, right? They have to. They, mm-hmm. Everyone in this campaign is now going to have to mirror roughly what Trump is saying because he because on, the, on rhetoric alone for the post-COVID, post-surveillance, post-Twitter file world, basically this message is what's going to rile and uh, uh, activate huge amounts of citizens who have just pissed off, right? So they all have to copy versions of his statements. They have to build in stuff. Marianne right. Williams has literally come out and said, yeah, the system's broken. I'm the person to fix it. You look at who Marianne Williams is. What? She's somebody who, somebody who got depression through a divorce, um, basically um, then became, got into spiritualism and then, and then went around telling people how to essentially a self-coach, a, coach, a life coach self-appointed life coach is roughly what I read about Marianne Williams. In no way is she, is she qualified right. to, to be a president, right? Now, right, 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 right. Com- okay, DeSantis, okay, governorship, right? Draft, he, I, I believe, I'm absolutely certain he's a neocon draft pick. 
right? But RFK, who's considering a run, notice how much publicity he's had. Zero. Now compare mm-hmm. one side of the aisle is RFK with Trump. What's what are those two blokes? Those two blokes are people who in life have actually achieved business and legal cap- uh, outcomes which roughly justify them running a very, very big organization. Funnily enough, that's what the president is meant to be doing, right? Yeah. DeSantis, some distance behind, right? Marianne Williams, no one, okay? But those two, DeSantis and Williams, and this is the key question for you, even if you liked either one of those, where's their money coming from? And so where does that come, and how does that affect what they do once they get into the seat? Trump's money is taken care of. He doesn't need really any 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 significant vested interest money. Mm-hmm. RFK might do, right? Yeah. DeSantis definitely needs it. Marianne Williams or anyone else needs it, right? So you so you you're telling me you want to vote for DeSantis, but if he if he's as captured monetarily as any other person could be, what's the value of DeSantis? That he can beat. That he can beat Biden, he can win, and winning is but, important, Gator. I mean, no one's he, perfect. If, but if he is enslaved in exactly the same way that every single presidency candidate or politician is enslaved, what's the point of him? I don't believe that to be true, and I don't. I also don't think that this idea that 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 Trump is not getting money from people who will quote unquote enslave him—that's bullshit. That's bullshit. It's not true. He doesn't have his own money to put in. Who do you think he's getting money from? And it's not a Bernie Sanders thing where it's $5 from 80 million people. That's not the way it's working. Trump has plenty of, 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 of neocon. Look, Lindsey Graham is one of his biggest supporters. Mr. Mr. Neocon, Mr. Military Industrial Complex. He's funneling his money from that end that his way. So it's not this whole idea that Trump is like this uh, independent grassroots guy, I think is bullshit, Gator. So I'm not I saying he's guaranteed uh, independence at all, right? I'm saying that he no has more ability. He, he has more ability to basically act as a, act as a freer agent. It and, doesn't and, and, work, Gator. It doesn't work if he can't win. And I don't believe he can win a general election next year. That's the problem. So okay, maybe may, may, may not, and I'm not here matter. to defend Trump. But what I'm what? pointing out about the difference between at least the, these four candidates I pointed out is yeah. that um, if you actually look at the records of what Trump did in office, mm-hmm. his his policy decisions don't make sense as being a captive president. I have no essentially... problem with. I'm not arguing with you on this, and then the, you I, you might not have been here for it, but uh, if you go back and listen, I read at the beginning of the show Scott Morefield. Well, you could go read it. Go read Scott Morefield in 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 townhall.com, and he wrote three days ago all this stuff about how he loves Trump's policies and he agreed with most of Trump's policies and he'd like to see those policies again, but it's not going to work if he can't win. So what we'll be doing is we'll be living under Biden's policies or Gavin Newsom's policies. And the idea is to win. You're never going to have the perfect candidate. But I'd much, much rather have Ron DeSantis than Gavin Newsom or Joe Biden again or, or Kamala Harris. I mean, at least you'd have competency with Ron DeSantis and you'd have a guy who's proven he is right. He can be right when everyone else is going the other way. 
and that's important. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I, I I think that what's going to happen is generally that Trump's rhetoric will set the rhetoric for the other candidates, and that might have the ability to set aspects of policy targeting or policy expectation well, in the voters. Right. I Even think, if Trump doesn't get in, but if RFK you know, I gets think, in, I think there's a lot about Trump and his policies that Ron DeSantis likes. It's just a matter of he might even, you know, institute a lot of them as president. And you're right. It could rub off because he's seeing even Ron DeSantis, who many in the Trump camp claims like Mr. Republican establishment neocon has come out against what we're doing with Iraq or with Ukraine, with Ukraine. So he sees the way the winds are blowing. He's not a stupid man. He sees that the Democratic Party is becoming more neocon than much of the Republican Party and Republican voters in primaries, especially. So he's he will uh, to say that he's going to be a captive for the for the deep state, I think is bullshit. I think he has proven as governor of Florida that he's going to be his own person and follow what he believes to be right, even if many others, whether it's the opposing party or his own party, are telling him to do it a different way. That's what I believe. Mm, I I I, th- I think you I think you he will not be that in in power, but, well, uh, but all, also. But you're just you're not Gator. I don't want to get into this whole thing. I'm gonna wrap the show up soon. But look, yeah, yeah. you're not basing that on any facts as him as governor. Nothing he has done as governor or what he has said publicly has or his background is is, is telling us that's going to happen. You're just feeling it. No, because he's not Trump. No, that's not right. That's it. That's not right. So I agree that he has done a lot in in certain aspects of the post-COVID legislation or, 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 dis, or post-COVID um, world to, to block a lot of the crap, right? But it's his, but what, but his, as I said to you before, he did not um, basically do as much as he could have done about vaccination. Essentially, I know. Gator, he, he, we've he gone through this short many times. Of the farmer standard, I understand. and that tells you something because when it I comes understand. to actually the money, not the <laughs> but, law, but wait, but he couldn't Gator, handle it. Gator, Trump is Mr. Vaccine. What are you I talking know. about? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. There is but, no. Vaccine. I'm not saying I'm not, not saying that anybody is going to be different when it comes to the money, right? Yeah. But yeah, I, all I'm saying no... is that on the on the census basis, that's my basis yeah. for saying that he is going to not be well, what you want him to be. Why? Why Why in one of the biggest issues in his presidency did Trump fail? It's, 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 I think it's the biggest issue. Many, much of this doesn't happen without that fuck cock the vaccine. So what, what, is, what is the – and, and, and the biggest issue, he dropped the ball and joined the deep state. So what's the and – and he's still promoting it now to the point where he goes to rallies and he mentions his great success, which is total bullshit, this vaccine and his own cult – boo him so i don't understand the biggest issue he did the opposite of what you said he can do because he's a free spirit and an independent agent and a free agent he fucked up fauci is him as the santa yeah, said yeah. anyone could have seen fauci should have been fired right away trump didn't do that in fact trump said gator no, but he, mr he, wait it's a minute impossible. mr free agent said Oh, I can't, I can't fire Fauci. I'll get too much shit over it. No, no, no. Wait a second. According to, according to an article I was reading yesterday about, about what DeSantis's claims were, it's actually 
physically impossible for Fauci to have been fired by anyone. That's wrong. That's wrong. Well, you need He's to wrong. The president Trump appointed him. He was he he was in the NIH. He was high up. He wasn't the Francis Collins was the head of the NIH, but uh, Fauci was just someone high up in the NIH who Trump's people told Donald Trump he's the guy. He's the AIDS guy. They didn't say he's the AIDS guy that killed thousands of gay men, which he did. They didn't say that. They said he's the AIDS guy. He's 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 the guy you want up front on this. And Trump said, "Okay, I don't know, because Trump didn't fucking go on Google like I did and look up Fauci's record for five minutes. Okay, he didn't do that. And then Fauci comes in and is a total disaster. Trump hated him. He should have fired him. He could have. And he didn't. He never said, I can't fire him. He said, I'm not going to, people want me to fire him, but I'm not because it's going to create too much crap. It's going to be too, it's create too much, uh, too much, uh, uh, you know, crap that we don't need during this right now. So he, he could have fired him. Absolutely. The president can fire anybody he wants. Trump, of all people, wait a minute. Trump's going to let decorum get in the way? Stop. Come on. Come on, Gator. Gator, I'm going to let you go. But thanks for the call. Take it easy, man. Well, you know, once again, we're going to be <laughs> talking about this <laughs> for the next year and a half. Okay, I was going to wrap up the show, but Andrew is going to speak. Andrew, speak. Hi, Mike. I'll be brief since you've been going Go ahead. So Don't long. worry about it. Go ahead. Well, I just... You know, a lot of your show today has been domestic politics, and I just wanted to bring up something. Uh, it's been a big week in foreign policy in global history, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much you've talked about this or if at all this week with China and Russia coming together for this joint meeting they've had. Uh, oh, I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> it's, oh, okay. It's, it's uh, problematic. Well, what it is to me is it's – different than anything I've seen in my life. Uh, it's the, the the documents and the statements they're coming out with are sounding like demands. They're sounding like um, statements that yeah. in my life I haven't heard another country kind of speak up, you know, stand up to the U.S. and speak up as a essentially a countervailing power. Um, it, it's just not happening in my life, you know, invading Iraq or something. It, it's, it's not comparable. And what, you know, it, there's nothing, uh, earth shattering about what they're discussing necessarily in itself. You know, it's like arms control stuff. Some of it's interesting. They want to, they're calling for Nord Stream to be investigated without bias, the Nord Stream pipeline. But, you know, most of it's just a precursor to what's coming, which is this Russia-Chinese block that we've created that is just announcing itself to the world and setting some preconditions for things. And it's been silent in the U.S. media. It's like it's not happening. You know, what What I've always worried about, Andrew, is that at one point, at some day, a bunch of these countries were going to get together. The most powerful ones like China and Russia, maybe some others – like Iran and North Korea, maybe. And they would get together and say, what are we doing with this United States? Why don't we all get together and take care of that country? And if they do that, we done, or the world's done, obviously, but we're done. And it's almost like um, 
a big, you know, big fan of the mafia and mafia movies. It's like the heads of four or five families getting together and saying, hey, the sixth family is really bugging us. They're fucking arrogant. They think they're taking over. Let's show them what's what. And they wipe them out. But of course, we're dealing with nuclear weapons and the end of the world. But that's a real possibility, don't you think? Um, I'm not afraid of the U.S. being wiped out in the sense that we're going to have uh, an invasion by Chinese people. But I do think that there is a increasing period of conflict in the next, say, three three decades, mm-hmm. at least. Maybe that's a little too much, but for well, sure, you the next think two. So you don't you don't think there'll be nuclear war then? Well, that won't last thirty years. I mean, well, what, do you, no, what no, do you mean? You mean within the next 30 years? The, yes, the next p- period of several decades, I think, is going to be marked by escalating conflict. And that doesn't necessarily mean, hopefully, I can't imagine a direct war, but things like what's going on with Ukraine, uh, proxy wars, things like that. Things where there's more economic competition and less cooperation mm-hmm. and... uh you know, it's it's just a, it's a, it's a, I don't think I'm not I'm not worried about uh, global imperialism against the United States. I'm more worried about the United States declining in power as a hegemon, where we're losing control. Even in the Middle East, we've got Saudi Arabia and Iran warming relations now. Yeah, you mean you mean econ- you mean economic. Uh, uh... Disaster? Are you talking about like an economic them 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 choking us economically? Yeah, I think that there's 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 uh, economic warfare that's going to happen, and I think that in terms of just relationships in the world, they're going to be it's a just a multipolar world where there are two centers of power, and one is kind of the Eastern Bloc, and one is the United States mm-hmm. that was the only game in town and. Now it could be the possibility that there could be competing currencies or something. Sure. Or there, there are a lot of different potential, you know, uh, I guess you'd say fault lines of conflict, whether it's economically or militarily or proxy war. But my main concern is that the U.S. will not be uh, well, I guess you would say, well, uh, well handled by its leadership as it inevitably declines in the world like all superpowers do at some point. And to me, the question is, can we avoid armed conflict? Because I don't think it's in anyone's interest. I think that China and Russia for sure would understand that that's not in their interest because we would nuke them. <laughs> I mean, right. if we got into a war with them, we would nuke them. Right. And so for me, it's more just how do we avoid having leadership that's hysterical because mm. so much of the U.S., uh, politics environment relies on uh, having a foreign enemy, and when there is really competition for the first time in, since the Soviet Union, and it's not just some made-up fantasy about a war on terror where we're chasing people around the world all the time, you know, wearing sandals and whatnot, it's actually right. global powers, and I think that uh, demagogues like DeSantis and you know, Trump to some degree and uh, Biden, I, I don't excuse any of these people, right. regardless of party. Right. They're going to use that. And it's just a matter of, you know, I don't know how much the people are really going to keep them in check. I've I've wanted a draft put in place for Congress so that they uh, have to draft their family if we get into a military engagement. But 
I don't even know if that would stop them, but it's right. gotta be, it's, it's gotta be noted that there's very little word in the U.S. media about this in terms of what it means for the, the future where we're going to have real competition and are, are we ready for that? I don't think so. Mm. That's it's food for thought. Maybe it, it might really matter who the next president is. Huh? It might matter. I think so. Yeah, well, I, I think it does. And I uh, hope we get one that isn't going to steer us into a military conflict because that would be annihilation. Well, I agree. No more, no more military conflicts. How about no more conflict at all? Wouldn't that be nice, Andrew? Yeah, I would like to hear that out of a presidential <laughs> yeah. candidate, but they might be afraid of sounding weak. Well, that's know. true. Yeah, well, this, it, it's, uh, it's maddening. Neither Trump nor DeSantis seem to be worried about being sounding weak when they say that we need to stop with this giving money to Ukraine, this blank check. They don't, you know, even even though Nikki Haley will come out, the neocon Nikki Haley will come out and say, oh, that's weakness. I don't think yeah, that's weakness well, at all. I think that's strength. Uh, I think weakness losers. is giving into the military industrial neocons in both parties. But yeah. uh, I don't think DeSantis or Trump are worried about that. Well, I know we had a disagreement last time about how genuine DeSantis is and whether or not we're going to have to figure that out with Ukraine necessarily. But mm -hmm. I definitely think that whether it's genuine or not, DeSantis and Trump are the only ones that could um, kind of take that populist spark and use it. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's not going to be Pence or Nikki Haley. You know yeah. what I mean? No. So you're right about that. DeSantis... But has the populist spark without the baggage that Trump has. Yeah, the question without, is, can you win Without the, the grating personality that turns so many people off, you know, yeah. that Trump has. So yeah. it's important. Well, we'll see if he even makes it there. Maybe he's going to run from prison. It's not It's not just Stormy Daniels things. There's There's a lot of stuff that they're going to pull out on him. It's going to be a wild ride. Well, they got to get him fast because they got to get him before the election, right? <laughs> so. It's going to be coming. Yeah, I know. You. We'll see. You know what, Andrew? He seems to thrive on it. He, he really does. does. He's the only one that could. You know, I was thinking DeSantis. I can't think of a situation where people, DeSantis was getting criticized for the hypothetical of how he wasn't coming out right away and saying he wouldn't extradite Trump. Mm -hmm. And people were conservatives. I'm not conservative, but conservatives were getting mad at him for this. And it was hilarious to me. I'm thinking, what. The first president in history to be potentially charged with crimes after being president, and he potentially benefits from it politically, and his main opponent is harmed by it. How is this possible? You know what I mean? It's just... Well, it's his crazy. main opponent is definitely... This is the point I've been making in the entire first half of the show anyway. His main opponent, uh, Trump, is hurt by it if he gets to the general election. But he's not hurt by it in the Republican primary. In fact, many people believe, and I think rightfully so, that he's helped by it in the Republican primary. Who, Trump or? Trump, yeah, because more people will come out and say we're tired yes, yes. of him Trump being treated helped. this way by Democrats. Yeah. And, but to say, the, it's just amazing to me that Trump is getting charged and he's the one that benefits potentially. And that mm -hmm. DeSantis is the one that takes flack. You know, well, like, DeSantis so, handled it in the right way as usual. He did. He came out, pretty much defended him, put a little bit of a, a little bit of a stake into him with the Stormy Daniels comment about how that's not in my wheelhouse. But he didn't. Uh, he did on his own time. He did a couple of days later. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, he, didn't come out right, he didn't come out yeah. right away with a That's statement. True. He waited a few days. That was a smart I, play. I just saw him taking a lot of heat for it from uh, people that I saw on the DeSantis train, like Mike Cernovich was uh, going off on him. And it, it was just amusing to me. Like, you know, Trump gets shot and DeSantis starts bleeding. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just... Mike Cernovich is on whose bandwagon? Well, it sounded to me that he was for quite a while. He's saying, I'm not a Trump guy anymore. He I'm hates not. Trump. I thought he hated Trump. Yeah. And yeah. so even though uh, he's on DeSantis's side here, he's been criticizing him about how, if you know, if he doesn't speak up well, big time, then he's not, you yeah. know, he shouldn't even run into all this I mean, a lot of melodramatic... people believe this is bullshit and it's uh, politically motivated. And Alvin Bragg is just doing it to gain, you know, political points. And they want... This anyone who's a Republican to come out and, and and defend it and defend Trump on it. I I understand that. I've defended him on it. I think it's garbage. It's bullshit. But I you know what? Like Trump I think if I, I think if I were DeSantis, I would have waited a couple of days. I would wait just to bother Trump. <laughs> well, he's definitely testing the waters on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, hey, it works both ways. You know, Trump's not the only one who gets to uh, you know put the stake in a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Trump so. does it by being loud. Yeah. DeSantis yeah, does it exactly. by being quiet. Very right. interesting. Yeah, Andrew, thank you. Thanks for the call. Thanks for calling. <laughs> I appreciate it. Bill, if you can be very succinct, I'm going to put you on. Bill, because I, I really have to wrap the show up. Can you, or or do you want to save it for tomorrow? It's up to you. Well, or you could I can be very. You could be very succinct today, and then come on longer tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow's not <laughs> a day. Okay. All right. So I put a couple of links in live chat. Look, I'm no expert in any of this. I'm just trying to understand what's going on on a, you know, world geopolitical spectrum. But there are a lot of articles and coming from the place of the Bilderberg Group, New World Order, you know, um, uh, now we have the World Economic Forum and the, what's called the Kissinger Continuum. Mm-hmm. How this all has been planned out for decades, this shifting of manufacturing to Asia. We can see that in the trade agreements over decades, bipartisan. And but to create the uh, divide in this country, uh, the right-left divide, uh, let's call it, for lack of a better word, um, the right-left paradigm mm-hmm. is just a distraction to keep the masses fighting with one another while the, let's call it the globalists are like Ross Kavur called out the giant sucking sound. Remember, you don't want NAFTA. You don't want that. You're going to hear the giant sucking sound. So yeah. they're going along the globalists with their great plan mm-hmm. to, see, to shift the manufacturing. And I'll try and wrap it up in the next two sentences. Cause I know you want to go, but to shift everything to Asia, India, because there's growing economies there. In fact, they have plans to build like 2,500 new coal-burning plants, from what I understand, between the two countries, you know what I mean, permits. And so there's no intent of gearing down. What it is is about shifting it to Asia and and portraying uh, this controlled demolition of our American manufacturing base and economy um, in, su- in such a way that we fight one another. We're mm-hmm. really, we should be fighting the globalists. Is, is right. lack of a better 
you know, catchphrase word. Do you see what I mean? Of course. So, William, come back in tomorrow. We'll talk more. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thank uh, Oh, Karthik. Karthik. Karthik B. What's up, Karthik? What's going on? Karthik, you there? Yeah, what's, what's up, up, Mike? What's up, uh, big man on campus? I'm not a, why do you call me the big man on campus? I don't think I'm a big man on campus. No, I know. I, I'm just, you know, I, I'm in a good mood because I was just doing uh, karaoke for three hours. Oh, Jesus. If I had to talk to you, you know? Yeah, well, so instead of listening to my show for the last two hours, you were doing karaoke and you come in the last minute. Okay, what's what's up? What's on well, your dude, mind? I had, to, I had to be with the cool kids, you know? You did what? I had to be with the cool kids. No, it's a reference to a song. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Oh, I thought you said I thought you said I had to be with school kids. I was getting worried. Oh, dude. Okay, no. You, you, now you're going to get me in trouble. Okay? You're doing karaoke with school kids at what? No, okay, it's a reference to a song. Oh, okay, no, I know. The cool kids. So, I know the song. Yeah. yeah. So, so, Mike, uh, what's been on your mind, man? Uh, are you happy that Trump wasn't arrested? Well, you know, this is the thing about you, Karthik. I've been talking about this for two hours. And then you come in after I've talked about it for two hours saying, what do you think? Do I got to talk about it for another two hours? No, no, no. Just a few more minutes, five minutes. No, uh, am I happy? Why would I be happy? I don't, I don't, I don't think he should be arrested. So I, I would actually really be happy if Alvin Bragg ends up with egg on his face. That's, okay. what, that's what, that would make me happy. That well, would make me I happy. would be happy if all the politicians are arrested. That's what I'd be happy with. Oh, you want to, well, like what, at one time or like in different uh, well, not all the politicians, but especially like the top ones. Because, like I said before yesterday or whatever, they, they've all committed some crime, mainly financial crimes. But yeah, they haven't all committed crimes. No, no, I, I'm sure if you did an investigation, they have find all. out. Okay, why, 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 why do you think they're not charging Trump with a financial crime? It's this bullshit hush money to the porn star. Well, that could be but, coming, as you know, as uh, Andrew was saying. It's there's more coming. I mean, this no, is just... I, I guarantee you that Trump won't be charged with like some financial crime because they've all committed the financial crimes, man. Well, when it comes to Donald Trump, there's kind of a double standard there. I think with most politicians, especially the Democrats, they don't care if they've done it. They just want to get him. Yeah, you I know, know but so, it's, it's a so, bad. No, the yeah. reason why they charged him with this porn star thing is because the other politicians haven't done this. And th- th- that's why. Oh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> it, it, Wait a minute. Wait well, a no, minute. I'm talking about specifically uh, like this hush money thing. There's no evidence that any of no, other a lot, a lot of wealthy people do that kind of a thing. Yeah, but not just to avoid so far, problems. There's no evidence that the politicians have done it. Yeah, I, I'm sure a bunch of like, celebrities have done similar stuff, yeah. but not like I, I doubt that Chuck Schumer has like some sex. How much did with uh, Romy Rain? How much did Nancy Pelosi pay that guy to bash her husband on the head just before the election? I wonder how much. How much would she have to pay him to do that 10 days before an election that she was afraid Democrats were going to get wiped out in? How much would she have to pay for something like that? And then, of course, the guy's going to go to jail for a, few, for a while. So how much, would, how much would you want, Karthik, for something like that? How, wait, what? I don't know what you're asking me. Pelosi with a husband bashing the head by the guy, David, 10 days before the midterms. 
Where, where how, how much? Is, how much do you think? I, I, how much do you think I, she should go yeah, to? How much? Would, how much would you want for a for a false flag act like that to help the Democrats win the election? How much would you want? Well, I don't want the Democrats to win the election. I also don't want the Republicans to win the election. <laughs> Carthage, so there's money no involved, baby. There's big money party. involved. Come on, <laughs> Mike. You you got to get your hat out of the duopoly, man. The the, the duopoly is a. They're, uh, it's they're, money. They're it's not about parties. It's about money in your wallet. It's not about parties. There's nothing to do with it. <laughs> I'm joking. There's no I know, evidence I know, that Nancy Mike. Pelosi well, paid him any money. It's just no, very I, odd. I, I don't think that Nancy, because the thing is, they have because 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 the Supreme Court ruling on uh, uh, Roe v. Wade helped them because because then people felt like they had to vote Democrat, you know. Oh, but I it's feel- not. However, that's not what the polls were saying. That's not what the polls were saying two weeks before the election. They were saying that Democrats were going to get totally wiped out. It's going to be a Republican wave. So that Roe v. Wade thing didn't figure in to the polls, but it seemed to not go the way the polls thought it was going to go, right, for the most part. I just don't see how um, uh, Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi, getting attacked would have helped them in the election. Andrew wants well, sure, sure, because Andrew wants three million. By the way, three million is a good number. Yeah, well, um, what's up, Andrew? <laughs> uh, but the thing is, is that sure, because it would gain sympathy. Once again, they the, remember the the, the left wing media uh, made up a narrative that that guy was this Trumpy, Trumper, Trumpy, Trumper, right winger, white supremacist. Even though there was all the evidence pointed to the opposite that he was more likely to be a Bernie Sanders supporter than a Donald Trump supporter. But right away, right away, the media, as though they were in on it, as though they might have been in on it, came up with this crazy narrative that was out of uh, left field that he was this uh, Trump supporter. And look at look at what will happen when you give Republicans power. These people are going to be empowered to do these things to more politicians. That was their narrative. And it's just and uh, Karthik, it just happened to happen 10 days before the election. What a coincidence. 10 Maybe days. They were uh, lovers, you know. They they could have been lovers. <laughs> oh, that could have been. That was my theory that yeah. I've taken a lot of shit for. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, you know I hear that, that I, I've heard from a lot of people that, that these rich assholes, the, the power, politicians, you know, all the rich people. They they have the craziest sex habits ever. Like they're all having orgies. Or I have no idea if that's true. Well, look, that's what, what many people look, have look, said. Look, if your wife was Nancy Pelosi and she was gone half the year, you know, hey, you got a mansion, you got a lot of money. Who knows? Maybe if I were writing a movie, if not, if I were writing a movie, I say that they got into some kind of an argument over money. Uh, the the guy said that's four hundred, right? And the husband, you know, and, and Mr. Pelosi said, no, I think we said 300, didn't we? They go, oh, no, I said, four, we said 400, we said 400. No, no, all I have on me is 300, David. I don't want to go to the ATM. It's two in the morning. And then they got into a fight, right? Very possible, isn't it? Yeah, and also, I don't think that it would have been done for sympathy. I, I, I think it actually the gay sex is actually much more likely just because, um, because P- Pelosi knows that people hate her. Yeah, well, let's put it this way. I would think that if there was if there was sex involved or some kind of companionship, there had to be money involved. There's no way that guy was doing it for free. 
Okay. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's much more likely the the gay sex thing than the than the sympathy thing. Well, I'm just saying that the timing was suspect, and then what happens ten days later? The Democrats do better than expected. All of these things can be coincidence. I Obviously. think it was more because of, of the Roe v. Wade ruling than the uh, Paul Pelosi attack thing. But here's my issue with the Roe v. Wade thing. I think that works both ways. In other words, it might make Democrats come out and vote more, but it should also make Republicans come out because they got this big victory and they know that in order to get more victories like this, they need their party and people who believe like them to be in power. So I don't really understand this idea that it makes one party come out to vote yeah, well, besides Democrats, Republicans, um, I, it, it could have also incentivized the independents to vote blue uh, more than they were likely to before the Supreme Court. Ruling. You know what, yeah. Karthik? I think the, I think the abortion thing is a wash. I mean, this country is still very much a 50-50 country with that stuff. Even independents are split. Mm-hmm. So I, I, this is not, it's not like we live in a big pro-choice country. It's not like we live in a big anti-abortion you know, uh, abortion country. It's very mixed, man. And those numbers move a little bit one way or the other, depending on the time, depending on what's happening. But for the most part, we're very split. And I think, you know, I think it affects, I don't think either party benefits from that issue. I definitely the other. help the Democrats because most of the polls in the last few years have showed, well, not on specifically asking pro-choice or pro-life, but on the issue of, uh, do you support the overturn of Roe v. Wade? About 65% of people said that they do not want it overturned. So, so yeah, I've seen polls that say 50% of the people are pro-choice. Mm-hmm. But ask specifically, um, do you yeah, support but, overturning? It goes much higher, like 65 But strong enough to come out and say, I'm going to vote when I wasn't normally going to vote? I don't know. It's I don't possible. So. I just think it's more likely. Karthik, Karthik. People who, wait a minute, wait a minute, Karthik. I think people who are that politically in tune to things are going to vote regardless. These aren't non-voters. People who are really affected by that issue are usually very in tune to things politically. So they're going to vote regardless. Uh, I I, I don't buy it. I think the Roe v. Wade thing had very, very minimal effect. What I do think had effect, no, not the Pelosi thing, is that we are a very – divided country and the idea of one party winning big just like i said the idea of one person be a democratic candidate for president the republican president winning the way bill clinton did the way ronald reagan did in this day and age is almost impossible it's not going to happen anymore we're too divided we're too divided so i i think all elections from now on, no matter what the polls are going to say, we have to assume are going to be razor thin. Razor thin. And and the proof is that that's the way it's been. It was the way in, in, in Trump's uh, first election. It was that way in Trump's last election. It was that way in the last two midterms. We're becoming a very divided country where everything is very narrow. And I think that's going to continue for a while. Yeah, continue for a while. Have to predict future. Um, and look at you! Look at you! You hate both parties, right? So yeah, I'm not voting uh, for uh, Dem or Republican. Well, uh, no, I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Uh, if there's a party, and I don't think it's gonna ever gonna happen, at least in the short future, 
if there's a party that passes uh, me- me- Medicare for all, you know, I was a big Bernie supporter. Like I, th- I believe you said you were as well in the past. Um, uh, I- I'll, uh, I'll vote for them, but I-, I don't believe either party is going to pass Medicare for all anytime soon. So I have nothing to worry about. Yeah. Hey, Karthik, what's wrong with you? You can't afford health care? What are you, broke? Come on, man. Get a job. That's... Oh, you're very funny, Mike. Well, I, I... <laughs> I'm trying to do my best Archie Bunker. Come on, you mean Yeah, I know. You're, you're trying to do your best uh, GOP imitation. No, well, uh, Archie Bunker. Hey, Karthik, uh, there are many Democrats who believe the same thing. Okay. Yeah, I know. But, 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 but it's more that idea, that sentiment is more uh, popular in the Republican Party, which I know, I know you're aware of. Um, but uh, before we go, because I want to go too, uh, are you kidding <laughs> for the Republican? You want to go back to karaoke? You want to go back to karaoke? Let's, no, let's no, do no. it together. Let's do it together. No, no, no. I let's just wanted to ask you: are, are you uh, excited for the Republican primaries, man? <laughs> well, they'll give you something to talk about. <laughs> what? Yeah, so I'm excited. Honestly, you know I, what? Anything that gives me something to talk about that has nothing to do with Fauci. I'm very happy. <laughs> Dude, okay, I I know you're good at it, but I think you talk way too much about COVID, man. It's just the same thing. I I, I love you, Mike, but I, I well, no, I, I don't. I don't talk about it much anymore. But when Fauci, I know. you know what? And you caught me because tomorrow I'm going to talk about Fauci because the guy won't shut up. Uh, so yeah. let's put it this way: Clay Travis on Fox today said exactly what I've been saying. This guy Fauci needs to go to jail. You want people to go to jail, Karthik? He's to be. He, let let him be the first. And all the others can follow him in to the cell because he needs to go to jail. And so I think until he goes to jail, I have to talk about him. You so. know, I definitely agree with you. As we, you know, I agree. I, I'm anti-Fauci just like you are. Um, I, I know during the uh, AIDS epidemic, he, he let a lot of gay people die, sadly, because he was, deni- he, he was not allowing like cheaper and more effective meds to be used for uh, AIDS. And instead, because he was... He, he he's friends with all the the pharmaceutical cronies. He was only allowing like uh, expensive and uh, 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 ineffective uh, me- medications to be prescribed for HIV and AIDS. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this this guy's been horrible and a criminal for right. a long time. Right. All right. You know what? Thing that happened yesterday or two years ago, three years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'll, I'll talk more about Fauci and yeah. tomorrow. Hey, Mike. Uh, before I go on to say, I'm actually I actually don't care about the Republican primaries because it's all a sham anyway. I know, I know. Um, but no, what I will say is I'm excited for them, the, at least for the debates to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like me and you can have a good conversation oh, with them, you know? That'll be exciting. Starting in August, the debates will come on and we'll yeah. be able to talk about what's said and that sh- that'll be good. That'll yeah, be well, whenever the first debate, I think it's like August 10th or whatever, August See, 8th. Oh, oh, the guy who's not interested knows the exact date. <laughs> no, no, I'm just guessing. I, 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 I've no idea what the date is, but I, I do know it's in August for sure. That's I, I'm just yeah, making that up. It, it, it could be August 20th. I have no idea when the date. And there are going to be 12 debates. Oh wow. Okay. I, I, yeah. Well, well, there's always you know. Well, they the, the the debates make big money, man. They have a lot of good advertisers, you know. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I, I feel like me and you will have a lot. We'll have we'll people watch. At yeah. Trump, DeSantis, uh, uh, you know, Nikki Haley or who, whoever else runs. Oh, who, who else do you think is going to run? Oh, I don't know. The Pompeo, uh, Pence, uh, Tim Scott, uh, nope. Sununu. Um, I don't know. Maria, uh, who, who do you think is going to run? Say it in the chat. Who? Maria, uh, my friend. She's in the listeners. Oh, Maria. Karthik, I'm going to let you go. I'm gonna okay. Shoot I'm gonna... Thank you, Karthik. Go, go, go back to karaoke. 
Uh, well, I had to come talk to you, man. I was missing you. And yeah, I, I, I miss you, too. See ya. Good time. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Karthik. All right. Okay. That was a great show. Really good. Thank you. Thank you. Everyone for listening. Thanks for thanks to all the thanks to all the callers. Uh, I want to remind everyone the name of the show is at Let's Be Heard, and it airs weeknights, uh, eleven p.m. Pacific, two a.m. Eastern, which means I'll be back here tomorrow night to talk to everybody. Eleven p.m. Pacific, okay. Uh, but until then, this is Mike Cachopoli reminding you that your influence counts. Use it. 